brought to you by Chill Fit Cryo. Are you suffering from sports injuries, chronic pain, sleep disorders, or depression? Are you willing to try something that only requires three minutes of your time? Then you need to get some cryotherapy from Chill Fit Cryo in your life. Our friends at Chill Fit Cryo in Tempe, Arizona, have been helping people with these issues for over 10 years. I've actually been seeing them for over five years to help me with injury prevention and rapid injury repair. When I tore cartilage in my ribs before a pajama wrestling tournament, Paul and his team got me back on the mat as quickly as possible. Uh, my drugs of choice are full body cryo and the cryo zone. Chofit Cryo has allowed me to sleep better due to my shift work and also recover faster from workouts. Some of the benefits of cryotherapy include reduced inflammation and flushing of toxins from the body, increased blood circulation and increased energy, improved sleep quality, targeted rapid injury repair, decreased fatigue and soreness, and a bunch of other things. Chofit Cryo, recover, reset, restore. They're located on University and the 101 in Tempe. You can find more information about them at their website and on Instagram at chillfitcryo.com. That's C-H-I-L-L-F-I-T-C-R-Y-O. Chillfit Cryo. Recover, reset, restore. everybody welcome back to another episode of make the difference podcast today the co-host chris stewart is on vacation so he will not be here uh so it's just gonna be me uh, i've been waiting for this podcast for a while actually uh had a bet with my coach that if i was to win a world title i he, he had to drag his ass in here uh and uh i actually and, said yes <laughs> and, and do a podcast i don't think he ever thought that that's gonna win a world title so nope. he agreed to it so uh so it happened, and then uh, I drug him in here, and Alex has a really, really, really cool story. Alex Sandoval, he's my coach, uh, Carlson Gracie Jiu-Jitsu out of Gilbert. Um, him and his wife, Alicia, own it. She's a black belt. Alex is a black belt as well. And uh, he's going to tell a little bit of his story, and then we're going to talk about kind of my journey through um, last season together because it was kind of a very spiritual thing for both him and I, and uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of things that went into it. So Alex Sandoval, welcome. Thank you. So kind of what we do here is we – we have you take a step back to kind of where you're born and kind of step through that okay. and just kind of through your life and then we'll get right. to the to the world thing at the end. So I just want to take a little step back on what you said. Not only a world title, you said Pan American <laughs> That's why I said yes. I think I thought you might win a tournament. I didn't think you were gonna win those three or four big ones back to back. So that's why I said yes. Um, I've had people trying to get me on podcast for like quite a few years and I've been able to dodge him pretty good. You you nailed me to the wall. You got me. <laughs> so so I, I will not go back on my word. I said I was going to do it, so here I am. So a little bit about me. I, I was born and raised in New York City. Um, father's a World War II vet. Uh, fought in World War II. Helped liberate the Philippines, uh, the Filipino people from Japanese. My people. Yeah. So he loved he loved the Filipino, the Philippine Islands. He talked highly about about that place and its people and the food and the culture. So he really liked it over there, other than having to fight war. But the rest of the stuff was nice. The <laughs> army guy? He was army. Army guy. He was uh, jungle platoons, which uh, oh. back then, I believe the jungle platoons now are army rangers. Uh, they did their uh, their schooling in, in the Panama jungles, and he trained over there. I, I really respect everything that he did. And the little that he told me, he really didn't speak much about what happened, uh, you know course uh, I was raised in New York we were uh, I'm the youngest of eight you know my other brother was in Vietnam and uh, he was special forces in Vietnam and uh, 
you know, he was re really dear to me. Um, I loved him so much, and he passed away a few years ago. And um, anyway, so he was uh, a brother and a father all wrapped up in one and a, and a really good friend. How much well. older was he? 20 years, 20, 21 years. That was a huge span. So he, yeah. was he the oldest? He's the oldest. So 20 years between you and him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So you didn't even know him, really. He's probably out of the house yeah, by the time. He was out of the house when, uh, when, when I was born. He got back from Vietnam. Actually, his wife and his uh, oldest daughter, his oldest daughter was born in Vietnam. Uh, they were back before him. They kept him there a little longer. And one can speculate, you know, he married in Vietnam. Let's keep him there a little longer. You know what I mean? Right, right. So he, he stayed there a little longer. He got back. And uh, then we were all living in the same home, you know, so he got up on his feet and, uh, you know, and, and. How many bedrooms in the house? Oh, queen's bedroom, typical, th <laughs> about three bedrooms, but we had basements back there. Okay. So my father's hobby was to destroy the basement every weekend and rebuild rooms and <laughs> manipulate all kinds of stuff, you know. <laughs> so, you know, and he was able to get construction material pretty easily because of where we grew up. <laughs> construction <laughs> material was pretty re readily available. <laughs> so, so <laughs> We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. so, and then how many boys, how many girls? Five boys, three girls. Jesus, that's a lot of kids. Yeah, I, I don't know how they did it. What, yeah, d did your mom stay at home? My mom stayed at home. She raised the kids, and she also babysat some of the children in the neighborhood to make you know ends meet. So, what'd your dad do? Well, when he first came to this country, he worked like three jobs at once. Uh, I was telling a story the other day. It was pretty funny. Uh, you know, he had a few kids already, and this was before I was born. And he worked three jobs, and one of his uh, co-workers said, hey, man, you're on three jobs, you're working three jobs. Why don't, you ever thought of welfare, you know? And to me and my father, that was an insult. Yeah. My father pretty much knocked him out on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> they took him to the, to the boss's office. Hey, yeah, what happened? My father's like, hey, he asked me how many kids I had. He told me I should go on welfare because I work too much, and I hit him. So the boss looks at my father and says, you're promoted. You're fired. To be <laughs> That's how things were back then. It's what a difference, huh? Today would have got arrested. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So you're born in Queens, then, right? Yeah, Jamaica, Queens. Uh, uh, I was born. Well, I'm not going to say the year, but I grew up in the '80s, and sure. it was pretty bad back then. Uh, some of the stuff you see now on TV with New York City, uh, how they're they're portraying it. Oh, it's so bad now, and things like that. It was a lot worse in the '80s and '70s, and even up to the early 90s. Um, you know, it's just now, with social media and stuff like that, they can show the picture. Right. Back then, they didn't show the picture. It was like heavily mafia-ran neighborhood? Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I went to school. My junior high school was Elizabeth Blackwell. I was in Woodhaven Boulevard, 101st Avenue. Anybody who knows that area knows it's pretty mobbed up. So uh, in order to save money, I used to walk to school, which was public transportation. We didn't have the yellow school. Yellow school buses to me were something I saw in movies. I didn't know they existed till I left New York City. You know, we always <laughs> use public transportation, trains and buses. But uh, I used to walk to school, and uh, the area that I was in was really mobbed up. So, like, uh, what are some names from back then? Oh man, like John Gotti type guys Gotti, and all those. Yeah, got all, all those guys. Uh, the Burgeon Fish and Hunt Club was two blocks from my junior high, and uh, that was his Queens uh, headquarters. Really? Yeah. So. Funny story about that. Uh, in New York City, during that time, there were these stores. I don't know if they're still there. Optimo, uh, Tiamos, there were cigar shops. They sold cigars, cigarettes, magazines, dirty magazines. You know, with, But in these stores, they had video games <laughs> in the back. So back then, 
uh, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, all that stuff was just starting to come up. So all the kids would play the games, right? So I think I told you a story. But I sat there and I'd watch them play the games, right? My parents would not give me money to play video games. Right. You know, I Fucking eight kids. They got them. <laughs> well, one time I asked my father, hey, could I have a quarter for this video game that I want to play while my friends play? Okay, what do you win if you win? I'm like, well, you don't. I mean, some, a lot of times you die. You don't win nothing. So why are you going to play? <laughs> if you don't win nothing, why are you playing money to play? So anyway, but uh, so I would sit there and watch while the other kids played. And uh, one time this guy, actually this guy used to come in and out a lot. But one day he looked at me, he said, how come you never play the games? I'm like, uh, you know, my parents said if I can't win anything, why play? So he laughed, right? Went up to the uh, cash register, got two rolls of quarters, and handed them to me. And he's like, kid, play some games. I'm like, no, sir, I can't take your money. No, thank you. No, play some games. He's laughing. And now he's starting to get mad because I didn't want the quarters. My friend's tugging me, take the quarters. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I took the quarters. And I, actually, I actually divided them out. I didn't even, I felt guilty. Right. But anyway, so. Good Catholic. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so uh, a few years later, I'm in the Army and uh, in the PX, uh, you were in the military. So uh-huh. you remember the PX, they, they get all the major newspapers from, from every city. Yeah. And of course, being from New York, I look at the New York tabloid there and it says, uh, Godfather, Godfather indicted on so many counts, blah, blah, blah. I pick up the newspaper. I'm like, holy shit, this guy used to give me quarters for video games. So it was Gotti. How'd you stay out of all the bullshit? Consequences, right? Um, my father had a really good way of uh, telling me things without telling me. You know, um, We didn't go out to the movies like typical families and things like that. And, and you know, I don't, I'm not pissed off about it or anything like that. We couldn't do it, but we'd take these rides once, once in a while on the weekends into the city, into the bad neighborhoods, you know, into, you know, where the heroin is, where the prostitutes are, where this, and, and, and he's, you know, I remember him driving me by and see that guy, look at that guy doing the needle. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a drug addict. That's a junkie. I'm like, oh, wow. And that box there, he lives in that box. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, that's messed up. We drive around, you know, mom be in the front seat. Uh, you see that woman over there? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a hooker. I'm like, you know, well, in Spanish, that's right. a puta. Right. <laughs> I'm like, really? What's that? And my mom, would, I could see, she'd get all uncomfortable. She's a woman that sleeps with everybody. I'm thinking, fuck, she's only sleeping. I mean, I mean, it's like cuddling. <laughs> I mean, kid, right? you know, I didn't know. Right. <laughs> what did I know? Tiny kid. Back there, yeah. I was like, shit, you could actually get paid for sleeping with people. That, <laughs> that sounds cool. I'm in. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man. You got a teddy bear. You know? <laughs> so, so, yeah, but they, they did little subtle things. And, um, you know, of course, when your father tells you to go to prison and, you know, a bunch of guys get a hold of you, you know. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't, you know. You're like, I'm good. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want anything to do with that. So, <laughs> you know. So uh, we talked about consequences a lot. And, you know, life has a lot of consequences. And every decision you make has a consequence. Right. Because you know, so. you're, ba- you're mostly Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. Uh, Puerto Rico's a lot of mixtures, right? Um, my mixture is mainly Spaniard and what I found out was Portuguese and uh, the, the native Caribbean indigenous Indians from uh, the area, which is called Tainos. So I just recently did that ancestry thing. And uh, pretty solid, man. 40% Spaniard, 40% Portuguese, and the rest native. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. you are. Yeah. I was a, I, I was a fucking mixed bag of nuts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> any island, like all the islands. I mean, Philippines, a lot of Spaniard there. Got conquered. You guys get that last name. <laughs> I mean, same thing with Puerto Rico. Puerto right. Rico, I mean, it's... A lot of Spaniard blood. 
lot of uh, uh, Dutch too. People don't realize that. Huh, I didn't pa- know that. Pirates had to go somewhere when they retired. Yeah, for sure, you know? right? <laughs> so, go there, beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. So, so you grew up in that neighborhood. Went to grade school and middle school there, or yep, junior I went, high. I went day? to elementary school there. Uh, totally different place too. Uh, junior high, high school. Uh, you know, I witnessed a lot of fights growing up. Obviously, like any other inner city youth, but. If you know anything about Jamaica Queens, a lot of the old school rappers come from there too. So I remember yeah. watching LL Cool J get into fights and things really? like that. Oh yeah, Dude, <laughs> that's fucking high awesome. It was it was pretty. I mean, the neighborhood was uh, it, it was pretty um, vibrant. Did you fight a lot? I fought. I like, got my ass kicked a lot. Like I, only when forced to fight. Sometimes I won or? some, huh? Like only when forced to fight, or when you're younger. I think everybody goes through that bully stage where you want to, you know, just kind of fight for no reason, right? right. I, I probably had a couple of those, but then the rest were mainly defense. Right. I mean, the, I stopped fighting. Man, there was one time, I think the biggest ass kicking I ever got, I was I was doing pretty well in a fight until the other guy's friends got there. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I got the shit beat out of me, man. And, and uh, one guy jumped on my back and, and, uh, and fish hooked me on both sides of my <laughs> mouth and started pulling back on my... I thought he was going to peel my body off my bones. Holy shit. And uh, it, it felt like an attorney, and it's so painful. I don't know if you ever had anybody do that to you. We could do it after the show. show you. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, we have to practice tomorrow. <laughs> it's painful, man. Usually uh, I pay double for that. But yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Both, both fingers on each side, leaning all the way back while guys are kicking How old you. were you? Oh, shit. I had to be like 15, 16. That's pretty fucking violent. Oh, it was violent. Like, I... It, it, it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, teachers got there, principals, a bunch of, you know. And, uh, you know, I got up. And I said, oh, we were playing football because they couldn't see what was going on. Right. And they were like, yeah, right, playing football. But the guys heard that. They were like, oh, he's not a rat. Yeah, never. And then they were cool with me after that. He's not a rat. You know. How, so. how big of a high school was it? Shit. Uh, that I can't tell you. Eh, I should have bought my yearbook. Um, Isn't New York? Don't they name their schools like like public school number one zero six or whatever? Yeah, I went to PS fifty five two ten. I went to junior <laughs> high school. Crazy, right? No PS fifty five, and then I went to junior high school two ten, which was Elizabeth Blackwell, and then Hillcrest. The, the high schools have names like okay. my high school was Hillcrest. Hillcrest Ray Romano graduated really? there. Uh, Fran Drescher graduated there. That's crazy. Yeah. And maybe a couple others. Do you play any sports in high school or anything like that? Inner city sports. Handball is the big one. Handball, all you need is, you don't have a lot of money, all you, have, all you need is a ball and a wall. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, it's a prison yard game, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, that's what I played. <laughs> Get, uh, getting you ready for the pin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to hustle there, too. Handball was a good racket because you could always pick up a game, right? Yeah. And I came in second in city, right, for handball. At uh, in my division for for my high school division, and uh, on the weekends I used to go with my buddy, my buddy Ralph. We used to go to different uh, parks where they didn't know us, and you could play for money or booze, right? So, but you you just uh, so if you beat if you win the court, right, you keep the court until somebody beats you. Like pick up basketball, kind of. Yeah. I guess, but yeah. but uh, you know, we used to play for money, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, whatever. So you guys were hustling? We were hustling. <laughs> we got our Bronx, Orchard Beach, the Bronx. I, those were pick up some good games. Coney Island. What's your biggest out. day? Back in the 80s, probably about a little bit over 100 bucks. That's pretty fucking good yeah. to be a kid out there hustling 100 year bucks. 16-year-old, 17, yeah. And same thing with shoveling snow. You can make 100 bucks in about two or three hours. Really? Yeah. Yeah, shoveling snow was great in the wintertime. Damn. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I have no idea what that's like. No. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I loved. I loved it when it, that was the only time my mom didn't care if I stayed home from school. You just go door to door and knock on people's door doors. Well, I wouldn't go in my neighborhood. I'd walk to where <laughs> I'd walk to, to the rich like, neighborhood. Yeah, I'd walk maybe three miles up where all the attorneys lived or whatever, <laughs> doctors. You know, probably like four miles walk to Forest Hills or something. Just you know? knock on that door and let oh, them yeah. get paid. Oh yeah, yeah, it was good. And then. Uh, so just handball, and then, well, fuck, when you're in high school, there's probably only a couple of kids left in the house, right? It was just me. It was just you then? Yeah, just me, and then my nephew, who you met, who I called my brother. Right, right. He, he was always there, so he was like my little brother, so it was always him and I. And that he lived, like, next door or just down the street? He lived next door. He lived in my house for a few years. He lived next door for a few years, across the street for a few years, so he was always there. And my mom, my mom pretty much raised him, too, because his mom was a single parent for a long time so. gotcha yeah i'm trying to picture this neighborhood like is it like your typical like new we, york neighborhood yeah, yeah we all like, live all right within, next to each other we all lived within five or six blocks like no front yard no backyard the houses are stacked i up cut next my to each front other. yard with a pair of scissors you know just <laughs> that was a little bit of grass a patch of grass i'd go out there with a little pair of scissors and then uh i had a concrete front yard and in the back was concrete that was it, yeah, huh? That was it, man. City living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've only been to New York once, and I was like, dude, if I yeah. never come back, I yeah. could care less. I'm yeah. not big on concrete and buildings and shit. You know, uh, there's more than just New York, right? When I was there, I think anybody who's born and raised there thinks the whole world revolves around New York City. Yeah. You know, um, even when I joined the military, man, I was like, man, I'm meeting guys from Kansas and 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 new mexico and, and california but i'm from new york yeah you know yeah. it's like so you get that little thing it's like i laugh because you could always tell when a new yorker first leaves new york they they, they overemphasize their accent they try to be as loud as can be <laughs> so people could ask them are you from new york yeah yeah you know it just makes me laugh and half of them will tell you or three quarters of them will tell you they're from brooklyn they don't know why they want to say they're from brooklyn but they just say they're from brooklyn then you ask them what part of brooklyn well you know uh by by main street uh, what? Where? <laughs> you know, well, I'm really from Long Island. You know, <laughs> totally nowhere near New York City. <laughs> yeah, because now like like Queens and Brooklyn, like that's all like hipster now, right? Man, no, there's still some bad parts. Of Is there? Brooklyn, Queens, yeah. Um, where I grew up, I could walk to Brooklyn in 15 minutes. Go walk to Manhattan, maybe in about an hour, a little bit of over an hour. A long fucking walk. Yeah, but we used to walk everywhere. A walk was nothing for us. Really? Oh yeah, we would walk everywhere. We were bikes. But the they thing never is, had bikes. We had bikes, but there was so much more to see when you were walking, you know, gotcha. there was a lot of people watching, a lot of things to see. I mean, uh, bikes were cool. We'd ride bikes once in a while, too, but right. walking was a shit. Plus, you didn't have to worry about anybody stealing your bikes. So graduate from high school, yeah. then what? Then uh, I did a little stint in college for a year because I graduated at 17 years old. I had a late birthday. Yep. So uh, like my father wouldn't sign the paperwork for me to join the army. Really? Yeah. How right. come? He was in World War II. Yeah, that's he, why. You know, he, didn't want, he was in World War II. My brother in Vietnam, he didn't want me to go. So, you know, I said, all right, fine. I'll do a year of college. And, you know, my father was very old school. And, what are you going to college for? And I'm, I'm going to say, this is how he was. Uh, what are you going to college for? Go learn a trade. College for faggots. Go, go learn a trade. That's what he used to say. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, God bless him. That's the way he was, man. And, right. you know. Hard, he sounds like a hard guy. He was a hard guy. Yeah, hard he was guy. A hard guy, yeah. Very hard guy, yeah. Uh, so at college, was it like community college or like university or no nah, university nah, <laughs> community, community college Laguardia, Laguardia College. Actually, I was there. I just found out I was there at the same time Jennifer Aniston was there. Oh, so she might have been in my class, and I have no idea. <laughs> I had no clue. 
I think you probably would have remembered her. Nah, she no. looked totally different. Really? Back then? <laughs> yeah. So you just put it around for a year and just fucking... Yeah, so I stayed there and I did some... Uh, I used to weld garbage disposals. for. That's the worst job I've had in my life. Mm. I welded garbage disposals in Jersey. So we'd get up in uh, Queens. I'd get to the place at 5 a.m., walk there, and uh, I'd jump into the into the van with a bunch of Puerto Rican guys and, and Cubans and stuff. And we, they, I was the only one that spoke pretty good like, English. Right. So they'd take me and, uh, you know, and I'd sit there and weld garbage disposals and have rats running over my feet. Mutant, That's fucking mutant, crazy. I'm telling man. you, mutant roaches. I, I, I don't even know if they were roaches. They were these weird fucking bugs, man. They just fall on you while you're, while you're trying to weld. <laughs> and um, I, I would literally throw my clothes away every time I got home. From work, I would just toss them. I, I did not. I, I did not want to do that. But at the time, they were paying me like. I did want to pay. It was like fourteen bucks an hour in this the eighties. In 80, 87? That's pretty good money. Yeah, 86, 86, 87, Yeah. So that was good money back then. Yeah, for sure. Know? Yeah. So and then I before that I was working at a costume warehouse. So <laughs> yeah, they made movie props and stuff. I can only imagine you oh, in that fucking sword place. fights every day. I was gonna say, <laughs> Conan the Barbarian. I can only imagine you yeah. in a different fucking outfit every day, fucking around. <laughs> I got pictures. <laughs> That'd be awkward. And awful. it was with all my good friends, so there was oh, like six yeah, of us working. Fucked there. off all day then. Oh right? man, no, we worked hard, but we used to beat the shit out of each other, swords <laughs> and sticks and. Throw axes at each other, you know. <laughs> Throw Chase each other with the Freddy Krueger hands, you know. Oh, Jesus. Like, it was a great place to work. <laughs> <laughs> that probably didn't pay as well, though. No. Like, I remember three thirty-five an hour. Yeah, because minimum wage, wage back, then. back then. Yep. God, 14 bucks was a yeah. shit ton of money. That was a lot of money back then. My father was so happy. Really? Yeah, he was like, oh, shit, you're not a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> you're learning how to weld. Yeah. Well, well, my dad always told me, he's like, you either have to go to school but you have to learn a trade, because mm-hmm. yeah. because if you don't, you're gonna be poor. Yeah. Because you know, you have to be able to figure something out. But. And I don't want to ruin your podcast or anything. I got nothing. You know, I don't pick on people or anything like that. But I'm talking about how my father was back then. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, no, we're uh, not. I don't if you listen to any of the other episodes, we're not real PC. So well, I just don't want to have a lot of people from alternative lifestyles, you know, picketing at your door tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, we only have 16 listeners, yeah. so. I got plenty of gay <laughs> friends, you know. <laughs> so. we have, I'm sure we have some gay people at the gym. We just uh, don't know. Never know. I mean, yeah. To each his own. Do you. Yeah, I could care less. I yeah. cannot care. Do you. Yeah, for sure. As long as you're a good person, man, I don't, I don't care what you do. Yep, I agree with you 100%. Um, so then... Just after that year, you're like, fuck it, I'm out of here. I'm going to uh, the Army. Yeah, man, I had to get out of here. Everybody was, all my friends were either going to prison. Well, I can't say friends, acquaintances, because I only had maybe about four good friends growing up. Everybody else, I had hundreds of acquaintances. Really? And everybody was going to jail for stupid shit, getting involved in stupid shit, you know. And, uh, well, easy money, right? Easy money. And you're talking, I, I grew up in a neighborhood where there was a lot of, uh, it was mainly Puerto Rican, Colombians, I mean, uh, Cubans, a lot of Latin America. And, uh, you know, back then, the Colombian thing was happening, too, in Jackson Heights. And that was just a few blocks away as well. So, gotcha. you people know, shot up all over the oh, place. Oh, God, yeah. Dude, I mean, the food must have been fucking amazing. Food there. was amazing. Food was amazing, man. You know, I grew up on all that stuff. I like, I like going to Colombia. It kind of reminds me of home a little bit. Because right. I used to eat at families' homes. I served up all that stuff. And, yeah. You know, uh, that was a nice thing about growing up in New York, you know. Uh, you're exposed to so many different uh, nationalities, ethnicities, cuisine. You know, you could be eating at your Muslim friend's house for lunch, and 
your Jewish friend's house for dinner and your Chinese friend's house I'm for, in. you know, I mean, it was just crazy, you know, a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd fucking, I never experienced that. Cause like for me, like, especially living in Arizona most of my life, it's like you make something Filipino, people like shit their pants. Like I could very, I would never really be able to go somewhere else and like have someone else cook for me. Cause it's going to be American food. So yeah. yeah, to have that kind of thing would be cool. My father actually used to, I don't know how authentic it was. Maybe it's a couple of recipes he picked up in the Philippines. But he says, oh, yeah, I'm making Filipino food tonight. And it, well, I remember he'd make, like, some rice with raisins and noodles and stuff like that. And, you know, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it's something he saw and thought, <laughs> yeah. okay, I think I'll try this. <laughs> this is, I'm going to call it Filipino food. <laughs> I'll just call it Filipino food. <laughs> was your mom really good cook? My mom was good. My mom would only cook Puerto Rican food. My father would try to cook everything. My father was a real good cook. He'd try really? everything, you mm. know. So my mom was strictly PR food. So then that year was up. Why'd you pick the Army? Well, that's a funny story. I, I wanted to be different in the beginning. I, I went, you know, people always talked about Marine Corps, all that stuff. Yeah. I went to the Marines, and uh, I had a really bad experience because the guy, the recruiting sergeant, showed up. And when he's talking to me, he's trying to talk gangster to me. Right. And I felt like he was stereotyping me. I felt like I'm a recruiter from bumfuck Kansas or Kentucky right. and I'm stationed in New York City I'm gonna try to talk like them or be like them right so he was talking to me very hoodlum like and you know talking to me like like my friend like the guys I grew up with yeah. I, I just felt a little bit like this guy thinks we're all this way and we may act this way and talk this way because this is how we are here so yeah. other people are living near us can understand us yeah yeah but i want better than that that's why i'm here and you're talking to me like i'm one of that like yeah. a piece of shit right so do you have trying. a big gold chain too no no but every <laughs> other i remember this because i used to i hated this i don't know if this ever happened here and maybe it was just with the italians at home i don't know but every other word they'd grab their crotch did that happen here in arizona no it's from like movies all I right think, well that right? was a new york thing i guess yeah. because it, he started doing that and he's in uniform we have std and, or something <laughs> maybe right <laughs> maybe but he started doing that and it was a complete turnoff and yeah. i was like you know what uh, i'll just go see the army recruiter maybe maybe that's what i was meant for so i went army was so, it right next door just like it is now down the block gotcha it was, marines and navy were together and then uh, army had its own place gotcha Coast Guard. I don't know where the hell they were. I don't even know Coast Guard existed back then. Was your dad pissed? No, no. I, when I hit 18, he, he wasn't pissed anymore. He was like, hey, whatever. Yeah. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. It's your life. Yeah. Get out of the house. No, not really. I think he was a little, because, you know, by that time, my mom had, my mom passed like when I was like 14, going on 15, like that. But uh, at, he was going through his own stuff. Right. And uh, I think by then, you know, I think he was sad that the house was going to be empty. Oh, yeah. You know, finally. Sure. But you're the only one, huh? Yeah, it was just me and him during those last few years. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I think he had his own life that he had to figure out. Figure out, yeah. yeah. Retirement and all that stuff, you know. Did he retire shortly after he left the house? He retired right before my mom died. Really? Yeah, and he had all these plans. We were going to travel. I'm finally going to take your mom somewhere. And, you know, after how many of her number of years they were married. And uh, a couple months after he retired, she got sick. Wow, man. And so they never really did anything, you know? That fucking sucks. Um, you know, growing up, I mean, all we, all my memories with my father growing up is always working in the basement, always doing something, you know, in the house. Right. And then with my mom, I, you know, 
we'd go to a movie once in a while, you know. Right. We never ate out. We probably ordered a pizza twice a year. I don't know? think and we that had, was a big deal. I think back then, you just, people yeah. didn't eat out as much. Yeah. Like, because even when, I mean, I'm only, like, we're not too far apart in age or whatever, but, um, mm-hmm. like, my mom always cooked, too. Dude. Yeah, yeah. We hardly ever ate out. It might be, like, you know, uh, uh, <coughs> a generational thing, you know, I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, ordering a pizza was like Christmas, you know. It was like <laughs> everybody, oh, what do you want on your slice? What do you want? We'd have one pie with ten different <laughs> things, on, things it. on it. Fuck, with eight kids, you have to order <laughs> fucking three or four, yeah. but, three or four uh, pies. Yeah, that was funny. But, you know, my father, I, I, the only thing I ever did with my father as far as like a fun family thing, I remember when I, when I went home on leave from the Army, um, I took him to see Lethal Weapon. The first one? The first one. Hell yeah. And I was like. No, it might have been the second one, second one, second one. And uh, that was like a big deal. I was like, man, actually, I'm sitting in a movie theater with my father. I never thought I'd do that. You know? Well, just thinking about it, like, like now, like, dude, to have eight fucking kids and have to work that job, it's like, like, what free time do you have to kind of do shit? Eight different personalities, too. Yeah, yeah you know? for sure, right? And then, yeah. like, I, I would think you'd be more concerned about making sure you fucking the lights stayed on and there's yeah. no food in the fridge. Yeah, and, you know, and, and I think uh, sometimes... My siblings don't realize that, you know, really? like I think I, I think there's a little bit of uh, uh, I want to say I'm not in a bad sense, but like, man, Pop never did this with us or that with us or whatever. Yeah. But or he was mean to us because, you know, he'd beat the shit out of us when we did something or whatever. Right. But, you know, it was a different time, you know, For sure. And uh, my siblings, my older siblings, when, you know, I start listening to all the stories and then I realize, OK, my siblings started going to school when they started integrating schools, like send minorities to this school, that school. So they, they had better friends than me growing up. Really? Yeah, because when, when I came around, that didn't exist anymore. Really? <laughs> you know, I had to go to a bad school. Yeah. Really? So, you know, they got to their <clears throat> schools with their friends that have been here, you know, third, fourth, fifth generations where, gotcha. you know, punishment was just a, a talk. Right, right. And, and go to your room without supper. Uh, and so they, gotcha. they hear that and they'd be like, oh man, we're freaking be- getting the shit beat out of us. You only, <laughs> you only had to go to room with, go to bed without supper, you know? And, and, uh, I'd rather take the beating. <laughs> well, when, when I grew up, after every weekend, you know, all my friends were like first generation. So right. we'd all talk and figure out who got beat the worst during the weekend. You know, it's like, oh, you only got the belt? Man, my father hit me with the broom. Oh, fuck, extension cord? Shit, you got me, you know? So, yeah, but, you know, we turned out all right for the most part, some of us, you know? Yeah. The ones that turned out bad, actually, were the ones that didn't have both parents. I noticed, Make, you Makes know? a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, the ones that didn't have both parents. Yeah, I think it's hard to raise a kid. Like, I, I can't even imagine trying to raise a kid by yourself and be there and be president and do all that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, in so. New York City and then work a job and maybe two. <clears throat> Right. You know? Did your dad always have three jobs? No. Once he got a job at the VA, he was good to go. Oh, yeah. That was his last job, right? Yeah. He he uh, he had two, three jobs all the time in the first few years with the older ones. I never saw that. Right, right. My whole life, he was with the VA. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. So he was home pretty much, you know, well, then kind of work regular hours, right? He so worked he shifts. Could, like his, you know, one weekend. And that was <clears> another <throat> thing. Like one weekend, he'd be home and the next weekend, he wouldn't. Gotcha. It, it was like great when we knew that he had to work that weekend. <laughs> we knew it was like a partially free weekend. Yeah, you know? not getting my ass beat this yeah, weekend. Exactly. So you know, <laughs> free ride. And I'm not making him sound like a bad because man, he 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 was great. I mean, yeah. everything he did, but but uh, he he was tough. And, right, and, back then, know. they were just hard men. Yeah, like very like, hard. How do you not go through World War II and not be a hard man? Very hard. You man. know, like come out and be like, oh, everything's fucking uni- unicorns and rainbows. Yeah, like, yeah. no, dude, it's uh, not. It's not that way. You know, I think I I don't know if I told you, but it's like. One time we all got in trouble for something in the backyard or whatever, but 
was me, Byron, mm-hmm. and my friend Ralph. <laughs> and uh, I remember him calling us in and freaking whacked me in the ass, whacked Byron in the ass, <laughs> whacked Ralph in the ass, <laughs> sent us all to the basement. Go to the basement, stay there for an hour. And my friend looks at me, he goes, your father just spanked me? I was like, yeah, man, that means he loves you. He's part of the family. <laughs> Treat you like us. Yeah. Was he a big guy? No, no. No? No, he's a short guy. I just wonder where, like, you and Alex and, like, I guys get your height from. My mom's father. Oh, he was tall? Yeah, he was an animal. Okay. From where, and I, told, I think I told you a little bit about him. I don't know. So my mm. mom's father, World War One vet, and he was uh, one time the, the bare fist boxing champ oh, really? in Puerto Rico. Holy yeah. shit. And, uh, he uh, has a lot of stories about him, which I probably can't even get into over here. But, <laughs> but I mean, he's dead already. They can't stop. They they could arrest him. <laughs> but, but, no. but, I mean, you know, things he's done to people, like when they almost try to rob him. Sorry. Oh, I gotcha. You know, like yeah. wrong guy. Rumors of yeah. things he could have done to them. But but uh, he was a, he was a, I would have loved to have met him, man. I, I hear so many crazy stories about him. Uh, so basically, my father was seeing my mom mm-hmm. before he went to World War II. And my brother, my mom's brother ratted her out, sort of oh, dad. Shit. And dad pulled her out, her dad, my grandfather, pulled her out of school. Really? He's like, oh, you, oh you're interested in guys? You're staying home. You're just going to wash dishes and cook. Damn. Yeah, that's what he did. So my father couldn't see my mother before he left for the war. Knocks on the door. Answers, grandfather answers the door. The shotgun to his face. What do you want? <laughs> uh, sir, I'm here to say goodbye to your daughter. I'm leaving for the war tomorrow, you know, a week or whatever. He's like, puts a shotgun down. Well, if, if you come back alive, maybe I'll let you see her. Close the door. <laughs> that's it. I got goosebumps telling that story because <laughs> I remember my my mom telling me and my dad told me that story too. But yeah, it was, it was crazy. So uh, he was a tough guy. You want to talk? So it, uh, my brother says that he's never seen my father run around hand and foot for anybody. Like until my grandfather came over to visit. You know? Really? Yeah, that guy was he was hard. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of respect for him, too. My, my father, my grandfather. Uh, your dad had a lot of respect for... Yes, that, know, that's for, exactly, you know, yeah. For, you know, yeah, I mean, put a gun to his face. <laughs> yeah, well, and fucking, I think males, too, that yeah. you, you know someone could fucking give it to you. You're like, hey, what's going yeah. on, buddy? How are yeah, you? Yeah. So but he did, let her, he did let him see my mom after he came back from the war. Oh, he did? Yeah, which at that point, check this out. So her other sisters weren't allowed to go out or anything, so... My bro, my father introduced his sister-in-law, my mom's sisters, to his two brothers. So his three brothers married to three sisters. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, so crazy, huh? We yeah. Talk about strict family. Yeah, and plus there's no <laughs> social media or dating sites back then, so it's like <laughs> probably yeah. whatever, whatever's in your proximity. <laughs> yeah, sir, like, my my brother's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do that, I swear. <laughs> you know, at least he didn't fuck it up then. Yeah. All right, so you sign up, ship out. Where's yeah. basic training? Uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. That's where I went. Yeah. Relaxing in Jackson. Echo yeah. 4th to the 13th. I mean, we're the war dogs. I didn't forget the damn company I was in. I, I, I Snipers. Forget, <laughs> I forget the hell it was. But those yeah. are the old... So we probably stayed in the same barracks because there's the old World War II barracks. The old World War II barracks. I stayed in the newer ones, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you say Tank Hill? Oh, dude, I don't they even called remember. them Tank Hill when I was there. And yeah. they're the old World War II barracks. And then there was a... They were here. The little PX, mini PX was here. Mm-hmm. And then the newer buildings were there. I got there right when those buildings were probably about... I wasn't in those newer ago. buildings. I was in those yeah. old-ass World War II yeah. barracks there. Yeah. I, I don't even think those are there anymore. 
Well, ho- hopefully not. Uh, they're fucking. They'd be a close to a hundred years yeah, old. <laughs> but that's that's everything else in there. Ten kilos. Was your base training twelve weeks back then or sixteen? No, it was eight. It was eight. Eight weeks. Yeah. Damn, that's a short basic yeah. training. But I stayed there two more weeks because I had to wait for a background clearance because uh, I went to an intel school after that. So your secret or top secret? Top secret SBI. That's pretty fast. Two weeks, right? What, just to stay extra? No, for them to, uh, to do the background check. Well, it wasn't the full background. It's the background that lets you into their school. Gotcha. And then while you're in the school, they do they continue the other interview. And, and the school was about seven months long. So That's a long-ass school. Yeah. A lot of people flunked out of there, too. Uh, why? It's just a lot of... Uh, uh, you had to copy... I don't know how much I can say, but I'll give you an example. Um, you had to copy a certain amount of code, mm-hmm. you know? At a at a certain speed, gotcha. And that alone gave people trouble, gotcha. Um, they say I don't know how true it is, but they said that usually if you have a good ear for music mm-hmm. or a second language, you pick up faster with that stuff. That would make sense. It does, but I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, there's no they never show me anything that validated. That, you know? <laughs> like, I guess I'm like, it's pretty easy. I could tell the difference between dit and debt. Yeah, know? that was it. <laughs> so. That was seven months long? Yeah. Every day, like in the classroom? Every day, yeah. That Freaking like fucking eight, nine, ten hours of that shit. Ugh. And, you know, they put you through things yeah. a lot faster. Yeah. So, yeah. But it was Pensacola, Florida. I was actually on a naval base. That would have been pretty good then. Yeah. It, it was, other than that, I didn't understand Navy rank, and I walked around saluting everybody oh, all day. Oh, dude. <laughs> when I switched from the Army to the Navy, yeah. because I... Because I uh, when I switched over, like you don't get class on rank and shit like that. No, it's like, no. hey, show up to your fucking unit or whatever. So I show up to my unit. I'm on base. I'm like, fucking everything. Everybody looks like an officer. Everybody does, <laughs> yeah, right? Because that gold anchor. You yeah, know? it's <laughs> like I'm like, what the fuck is that petty? I'm like, that's not even a real fucking. I'm like, yeah, that was that was that was confusing for me too. Now, the whole time I was, I was in that unit. They called me fucking bullet catcher. <laughs> because because uh, yeah. I came from the army yeah. and like yeah. like their joke was that the army hires off sheer numbers mm. like there's no fucking they just need fucking bodies dude mm. so yeah so we'd be doing run, expendable yeah <laughs> we'd be doing fucking run swim runs and shit and my yeah. fucking whoever it was would fucking call me bullet catcher the whole time but yeah, yeah. so s- seven months and then where well I'll tell you man the, you know the, the the army saved my life so after after that I I uh, I did I worked for NSA. Mm-hmm. For a while, and I have know, some NSA certs. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't really like talking about it much. It was boring anyway. So yeah, for but, sure. So I was there, and uh, you know, I, I planned to to reenlist. And NSA, everybody's an officer, you really? know, pretty much that works there. So I, I, had, I developed some really good friendships with some officers that were about twenty years older than me, you know. And uh, they were like, "Look, man, you got a top secret SBI. You know, I I know you want to reenlist, but." Why don't you just go back out, go to school, come back in as an officer? I think life will be easier for you. Right. And I had listened to them. I was like, you know, that sounds like a good idea. And they're like, yeah, you know, you'll have more respect because you're enlisted first, and then you're an officer. So yeah. why don't you do that? Okay, I'll do that. Oh, and by the way, while you're out there, test for FBI, CIA, Secret Service, this and that, because you already have an SBI clearance. You got another language. You got some skills that you learned here. You're gonna, they're gonna hire you, and you'll make more money than I ever did as a you officer, know, right? an officer, you yeah. know what I mean? And I was like, and, but I really want to be in the military. Well, it's kind of paramilitary. I'm like, all right, <laughs> all right, um, I'll do that. And I did that. That was after four years? Yeah, and I did that. And I was like, I was like, I got out. That was a huge, I, I mean, that was huge for me. Because in my mind, the Army saved my life. It, Why it, do you think it saved your life? Just because it kept you off the block? It or? kept me off the block. And it, it, it gave me, um, 
could I say? It, it gave me uh, validity. It, it gave me something. Uh, it gave me goals. It gave me personal goals. It gave me change. It, it, it did a lot for me. Something um, like gave you purpose you never it had. It gave me purpose. And the thing is, I feel like you grow up a lot in the Army. When you join in the Army, you join the Army at 18, you grow up a lot by the time you leave, you know, gotcha. I feel. I don't know if you experienced that. You were active duty? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I felt like that. You know, I, it changed me a lot. And, uh, and then you go home and you see that you feel the difference. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I think even coming back after basic training yeah. on leave or something, you're yeah. like, yeah, like, yeah. <clears throat> you have to grow up. Your right? friends look different. They look at you different. It's like, it, it's just, I don't know. Well, they act different than you act, stuff like purpose. that. Like, yeah, for yeah. sure. What's SBI stand for again? Special Background Investigation, if I remember correctly. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, so I got out and then I went to school and, you know, got my degree in criminal justice and, um, what school did you go to? I went to Farmingdale, State University of Farmingdale out in Long Island. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, take a step back when I got out, I felt like I was regressing cause I, I went and I actually got an apartment in Brooklyn and it was a shithole. My father, my father, my brother, by then my father was gone to another state, but my brother, George, the one that was a Vietnam vet, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, you got out of the army now. You're back here, and this is like where you started. Why don't you come to Long Island where it's nicer? Because he had just moved out there right. a few years earlier, and uh, to live in a basement. And uh, <laughs> yeah, back, I'm always in a fucking basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> nicer. Go live in the basement. Great. Sign me up for that shit. <laughs> His basement was nice, <laughs> but uh, so I went to school there, and then um, you know, and I finished, and I got picked up by the Secret Service after that. Did you apply for for FBI? Everybody, I I went. I didn't have a. Oh, fly. I think you told me this story, I went, dude. Yeah, I, I dressed in my class A's and I went in person. I was old school. I'm right. still old school, man. Yeah. I got my briefcase with all my reward awards and all that stuff, medals and all the cool things that they think I did, said I did. So <laughs> I, I put it in a in a briefcase and I went to FBI headquarters. I went to CIA headquarters. Like, look at this fucking dude. <laughs> this class A. Yeah, man. I went <laughs> everywhere, man. And, and I, just, I just went. And it was me and this other guy. He was a Marine and he's from California. Sanchez, I remember it was his last name. Him and I, he was in his full dress Marine. We were both getting out around the same time, and I was my full dress Army. This reminds me of you ever seen Men in Black? Mm, the first one years ago. With like Will Smith, where they all go into yeah. the test, and all the dudes are in their class A's, and then Will Smith walks in like his jumpsuit. <laughs> I'd be Will Smith. You'd be everybody else. Yeah, that was me, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. me. Me and Sanchez, Sergeant Sanchez. And I wonder what ever happened to him, but he was a good guy. He was from LA. He was half Japanese, half Mexican. I was like, man, how the That's hell that happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, how that happened? But uh, yeah, so we went to all these buildings together. And there was no GPS back then. You actually had to like look at a map and yeah, find address. out where the building was and the address. You know, so. Leave fucking two hours early to get there. <laughs> yeah, 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 so you could fucking yeah. find it. Yep. Yeah, they were hard to find. CIA was hard to find, believe it or not. Well, that like, makes sense. Going in circles, <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> like, actually makes sense. So then the Secret Service called you. How long from the time you left the Army to when you got the call from the Secret Service? Uh, like two years. Okay. Yeah, two years. And then uh, I originally wanted uh, uh, marshals, U.S. marshals. Okay. And it was during the government job freeze. In the early 90s, there was a government job freeze. And, uh, you know, they would call you and say, oh, yeah, we got a class going on. And like three days later, they'll say, forget it. You know, you're telling your job. You're giving your two weeks notice and everything. And then they'll call you two days later and say, oh, hmm. we didn't get the funding. So it got to a point where it was always between the marshals and the Secret Service that, that okay. were calling me the most. And, um, you know, finally, the marshals called up, said, hey, we definitely got a class going and blah, blah, blah. 
And I was like, you're sure? And they're like, yeah, okay. Call the Secret Service recruiter. Hey, you called me yesterday. Uh, is this class really going to go on? Do you have the fundings? We absolutely definitely had the fundings. Call the Marshall guy. Well, now he changes his tune. We don't know we had the fund. I'm like, I went Secret Service. Okay. And like three weeks later into training, I saw the U.S. Marshall class that I was supposed to be in, like in the hall across the, across the way. Yeah. Too late then, right? Yeah, it was too late. Couldn't back out. How long is the um, Secret Service school? I don't know what it's Ooh, called. Man, what the fuck do they call it? Well, just training. <laughs> but they, uh, I think I was in Fletzy for four months, and then the Secret Service Academy was like another four months. What's the difference eight, between the two? You know, I think Secret Service was more um, job-oriented, you know, specific. Their training, okay. Of course, I have to be more specific, more job-oriented. Their expertise is protection and counterfeit and all that stuff. Right. As where Fletzy, they gave you the overview of, of uh Federal law enforcement, per se, right? Okay. Oh, your your law so does, law enforcement laws, legal, all that stuff. Does everyone go to Fletzy that's like FBI or U.S. No, Marshal or no. Secret Service? FBI does their whole academy at, at a Quantico. Uh, Border Patrol goes to Fletzy. They had okay. a tough. I mean, their their training was almost like being in boot camp in the really? army. Yeah, they had it pretty hard. Not anymore, though, right? They still do. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's much. They say they still do, but I don't know if it's like when I was there. They were marching in formation everywhere. Really? And yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, they had it pretty hard. But, yeah, they sent all the feds over there for the most part, other than FBI and uh, DEA, I don't believe, went there. But they would go there for different schools. Okay. There's all kinds like of federal little, law enforcement yeah, gotcha. schools. Yeah. So it was a cool place. I, I had a lot of fun there. Met a lot of good people there. Didn't sound like it'd be a lot of fun. You get nights and weekends off? I enjoy training. I, I, I. I enjoyed somebody trying to break me. I, and I know it sounds weird. <laughs> I, I know it sounds weird, but like the, the harder something was and the more they expected me to, to quit and right. to break, I felt like I would feed off that energy and it made me stronger. Gotcha. I, I, and I, I, I always have that attitude, like bring it on. I, yeah. I throw whatever you can at me. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to feed it. You right. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean... The harder it got, the more I enjoyed it. So I was it was two and two, like two months at Fletzy and then two months at Secret Service? Or? No, it was like four months in a row at Fletzy and then another four months of Secret Service. Fuck, yeah. yeah. And that's nights, nights and weekends off that. or no? No, no. Well, you had weekends off. Okay. You had to study like crazy over there. Really? So you had weekends off, yeah. And then uh, some nights you worked, some nights you didn't. Gotcha. You know, depends what you were doing. Was the attrition pretty high? Uh, like a lot of people fail out or I, no? I, in Fletzy, it's hard to tell because we were all mixed. Oh. So in, in Fletzy, they put us like with different other agencies too. Okay. But in uh, in Bel once you got to Beltsville, the guys that made it through Fletzy mm -hmm. were all staying pretty much. Okay. They put that much money into you. They don't yeah. care. You know, they don't care. You know, if you screwed something up, they're gonna try to help you pass. Like the first Secret Service shoot, I failed my first shoot, man. I mean, they they really have high expectations for shooting and. They should, you know, you have potentially, you're going to be shooting into a crowd, right? But they worked me through it. And, you know, and, you know, of course I passed the second one. I was, I was shitting a brick. I was like, oh man, I might lose my job, you know, <laughs> right. after all this crap over one bullet, you know, right. so. Funny fight. Yeah. Only one bullet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was it just target shooting or? Oh, they had all kinds of different scenarios. Uh, okay. I don't know what I'm allowed to talk to, talk about, but I, uh, if you could imagine any type of fun, uh, scenario they can give you involving shooting and, okay. and yep. protection and things like that yep, yep. we probably did it okay you know? yeah 
So it wasn't just on a range shooting shooting it, 50 bullets for fucking... There were ranges that were designed like cities. Okay, yeah. So that made it even more fun. Like uh, like a real-life Hogan's Alley, right? Right. So it, you'd have targets coming up all over the place with babies, with this. That'd be fucking shooters. fun, dude. But yeah, it's not like your typical... Uh, um, what do they call it? Uh, fat system that they use in local police departments where, you know, the decision shoots. Oh, I have no idea. Okay, it's like... Yeah. A, Local de- police departments use a lot of those. They call it fat systems or decision shoots, where where it's a video and a guy comes out, hey, don't shoot, and he's holding a baby, and oh, gotcha. you'll see somebody will shoot him, you know. Gotcha. It, but so it's a decision shoot with actual real targets that, gotcha. that look like people. So it's right. very realistic, like real time shit, real time stuff. Yeah. And then they make you do really crazy stuff to get your adrenaline up before you shoot. Like do fifty pushups now. Let's go and run, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, and try to hit in this circle, right? You know. So yeah, it was it was challenging. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. It was amazing training. I love the training. I mean, I, I got to tell you, the, the Secret Service probably has some of the best training in the world. But the sad part about it is how often do you get to use it. You know what I mean? When you're done, only when shit's really bad, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then so you graduate after eight months, and then what's the gig? Then I got assigned to the White House, and I was with the Uniform Division. Is that normal for someone to graduate and then go right to the White House? Um, yeah, it depends. Like I was uniform division, so you're you're you're. Uh, What's the di- okay? How many divisions are there? There's basically Secret Service agents, right? There's uniform division, which is kind of like their. I, I like to call them the grunts okay. of the Secret Service, and then you have because everything falls under them: canine, uh, you know, uh, bomb. Well, EOD. Yeah, you have EOD. Said, yep, yeah, we talked. You about have a TS technical service. You have TSD, which is another area of Secret Service. There's tes- technical security division. Where you learn, you know, tech and searching lights and things like that, you know, right. and, and all that kind of stuff. But Filipino uh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> it had about Asian uh, stuff. There's quite a few different divisions. If you're talking purely law enforcement, I'd say three. Gotcha. Yeah. So straight straight to the White House under the Clintons. Under the Clintons, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a drink here. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Okay. Yeah. How old were you? Uh, I was twenty-three. 23 at the yeah. White House yeah. and, as, as a Secret Service yeah. agent. Yeah, you're a rock star, man. With traveling, I mean, it, it was great, you know, and, and the thrift savings program was What's booming. your typical day? Standing. Yeah, seriously? <laughs> Standing, yeah. So get up. Uh, get up. I, I lived in Laurel, Maryland, and uh, I it was literally 20 miles from my door, or 20 minutes, sorry, 20 minutes from my door to the White House door. Okay. I, I used to time it at 4 in the morning. You guys and, have a separate entrance? Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so uh, I'd get there. There'd be roll call, right? And you get your assignment. Where are you going to be? What part of the house are you going to be? And then they rotate that. Yeah, like daily or whatever yeah, shift wise. Yeah, everybody rotates. You know, make sure that everybody's uh, you know, fully awake. Right, <laughs> right. Fall asleep there. So they rotate you every few hours. Or how long are the know. shifts? Ah oh, man. Yeah. Depends. Like half a day, full day. It, it depends, really. Gotcha. I mean, I you could work nine hour regular shift, but there's so much overtime. You know, sometimes I put in. Sometimes I work sixteen hours. You know, I, okay. I didn't have a family back then. I was twenty three. I yeah. had all kinds yeah. of energy, and I wanted to start packing away the money. You know, right. And I'd volunteer for every trip, and you know, training, whatever. But uh, yeah, there's plenty of overtime. Cause they, cause like it's everything, like shuttle cars, fly cars, drive cars, mm-hmm. shit like that, like yeah. all over the place, like yeah. all, like like. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. What, like, what percentage of time were you at the White House? Like, eighty percent of the time, or I'd say about 
ninety percent of the time. Okay, yeah. and then Unless, uh, maybe eighty because it depends. Because sometimes they get into these grooves where they travel a lot. Yeah, and you feel like you're not there, and then they slow down, and then you're there. And gotcha. they would rotate you on the travel list. You know, some gotcha. people. You know, if you had some seniority, you could say, "I don't want to travel anymore. I'll just leave me at the White House." You know. Right. So me, I picked up everything I wanted. Yeah, to basically, you, like you're stuck with whatever they fucking give you, right? Yeah, new I, guy. But I, I got off. Well, there was a thing called swing shift when I was there. I don't know if that exists now, but uh, you can work day shift. And well, when you're new for the first six months, you got to call the assignments office, okay. and they'll tell you what you're working the next day. So you could work day shift, and then you have to come back in at night for night shift, which midnight's is already considered tomorrow. So you'd run home, sleep. Run back and work your next shift. Gotcha. And that was insane. So yeah, that'd be a long day. It was. It was horrible. You couldn't sleep. You couldn't plan. No. Nothing. Yeah. You were fucking yeah. at their mercy. Like, what do you do for chow and all that kind of shit? You had to bring your own food. I or? bought my own food. Um, I I had the honor of making friends with a chef. Was fucking smart man. And he hooked me yeah. up a couple of times. Really nice. You know, I ate out of a presidential bowl and, you know, <laughs> and so before the president ate out of it. You know, so okay, well, let me taste this. Yeah, so just make sure it's not poisonous. No, it was funny, man. It was like, uh, you know, I remember one day uh, the chef was like, you know, I don't know what to make for him and blah blah blah. I'm like, hey, you know how to make paella? You know paella? Yeah, yeah. I love paella. It's like a dish from Spain, all kinds of seafood in it. Like, yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it. And. Uh, he, he made this whole freaking thing of paella for the guy. And then uh, brings me home, brings me a bowl and says, hey, take this home. Nice. Like, fuck, oh, man. It was awesome. Yeah. How'd you make friends with him? Just be nice just to talking. him? No, yeah, just talking. No. Yeah, just be nice to you him. You know, I'm standing in front of, because I had to guard the, the hallway where the cafeteria was one day. Right. So I'm standing there. He's walking back and forth. Hey, how you doing? You know? Right. And uh, we start, just kept talking. And our nameplates for the Secret Service over there, your nameplate says your last name. Mm-hmm. And it has your state. Where you're from underneath. Okay. I think he saw New York and he was from New York. Gotcha. So then we started talking. Yeah. New Yorkers always yeah. fucking tight that Looking way. out for each other. Yeah. <laughs> Did you work holidays there? Oh, I love to work holidays there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Because, you know, so if there was Christmas <clears throat> or Thanksgiving, you know, if a guy had a family, I'd be like, look, man, uh, I'll work. Stay home with your family. Right. So, oh, thank you. You know, and they'd have a holiday spread. I mean, I'm, I'm working 16 hours on Christmas or, or Thanksgiving and I got a, I got a, Full spread, White House spread to eat from. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. At, at 23, 24 years old, you know. Yeah, hell yeah, you know. being on that. Yeah, man. How would uh, how was uh, like training? Like, did they give you guys time to train, or it's like, hey, just kind of on your yeah, own? Or yeah, yeah, they they did give you time to train. Okay, they give you about an hour and a half to train. But uh, if I, from what I remember, I didn't get quite the good workouts that I did on my way home because gotcha. uh, on my way home, I literally lived like one exit away from the base. Okay. So I had a free gym membership. I could use their gym membership gotcha. on my way home. So, um, and, and it's a nice place to work out cause you got a beautiful gym, you got everything you need. And then when you get out, you're on an enclosed, uh, area. Right. So you'd go for a run and the deer and stuff, they're so used to seeing you <laughs> that you'd jog and deer be eating right there with its little <laughs> baby. You're, you know, you're running by it. It was just really cool to just go for a long run there. You know, that seems like it'd be a hard job to have a family. It is a lot of divorce. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. yeah, just like the military, right? Like public safety, yeah, public in general, safety, yeah. You know, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. What's the average? Because I had a, I had a buddy that worked for, for the Secret Service and he quit. He's like, this wasn't my fucking thing, dude. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's yeah. hard. I had a, actually, I lost touch with one guy. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Um, his name was Joe. He was, do you, I don't know if you guys remember the, the guy that got shot in front of the White House that had the knife taped to his hand. 
Mm, yeah, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and they were like, "Oh, why did he shoot him? He couldn't get, he couldn't drop the knife. It was taped to his hand." Meanwhile, he was chasing the people yeah, with knives, right, yeah. you know. Like, so, and the officer saying, "Drop the knife," and he can't. <laughs> but he was chasing people with knives, right? But anyway, yeah. uh, my friend was involved in that, and he, we were in the same academy classes. Oh, Joe, he was Joe Ortega. He's from uh, Michigan, and I hope he's listening. I, I don't know, but but uh, he was in nine eleven, and uh, he survived it and left the Secret Service shortly after that. Gotcha. And uh, moved to California, and when he was moving back to Michigan, he got really sick. And he, when he was moving back to Michigan, and he was my lifting buddy, too, so the guy was yoked. He stopped at my house, stayed there for three days, and we had to blend all his food, because his stomach would not take solid food anymore. Damn. And we had to blend all his food, and, you know, he, he was just very emotional when he stayed with us, yeah, and yeah. he didn't tell me what was wrong, but after that visit, I didn't hear from him anymore. Huh. I almost think like that was his visit to say goodbye. Really? You know? Um, because we were that tight, and then for him not to hear from him yeah, anymore, and him looking that bad, so and I've tried finding him, I can't find him. Might be gone. Yeah, so that sucks. Yeah, because you were also there when the dude came over the fence, right? Which one? Yeah, there was two. There, there was there was always guys coming over the fence, but really? which one? The one that got the one shot. One got shot. Yeah. The one that got shot. Yeah, I was there. I remember the, the guy, <laughs> uh, one of the officers that shot him. He was a Long Island guy from New York. <laughs> he, he shot him, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I can give names on that, but. We call him Gamby if he's out, you know. But anyway, he he uh, he whacked that guy. I think. Was there a lot of uh, ex-military guys that ended up being Secret Service, or most of them that? It was quite a few. Yeah, it's quite a few ex-military yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. And then you're, how long were you at the White House? Four. Four years, and then yeah. got out or went somewhere else. Came here. That's when you came here. Yeah. So I was traveling a lot, you know. With uh, well, let's let me take a step back. Growing up in New York City, I really wasn't fond of law enforcement. You know, because I always saw bad. I never, and uh, you think about all these inner city kids that hate cops and uh, this and that, and you know, all they see is the bad part about it. And they don't see the the, the, the humanization of the police officers, yeah, right? For sure. And uh, they just see, oh, cop is taking my friend away. They don't see it as my friend just freaking. Your friend's a dick. Just shot somebody <laughs> right, or yeah. beat up somebody. You know what right. I mean? So they don't they don't see again consequences of their actions, right? So they think, oh, all cops are bad, right? You know, so. When I was traveling, you know, I, I so I went into the military with that kind of in the background where I wasn't too fond of it. Hell, walking to school, NYPD had a reputation when I was growing up. Really? You know, oh man, the fuck with you guys? <laughs> NYPD, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of documentaries out there on Netflix, like the guys that were selling. Uh, oh, dude, those guys. Are, what, what is yeah, that man. one documentary that I just watched it? Dude. Oh yeah, and the, the other guy that wrote the book. This idiot, the, the mafia cop guy. Yeah, yeah. He was, <laughs> he was, that was a crazy I mean, documentary on oh Netflix. Oh, my God. There, there's so many. But anyway, that was around my time. But I remember walking to school with Ralph one time, and a uh, uh, squad car stopped next to us. The, the driver guy jumped out of the driver's seat, hit Ralph three times with a baton, jumped back in, and they both <laughs> went laughing. And I was like... I'm laughing right Yeah, now. I was like... It, it was like we were laughing. Even though he, it hurt, right. it hurt him. He was like... It was expected, so he's like, "Oh, that's fucked up." Do you see how he hit me? I was like, "Yeah, I saw." Damn, you know, he must have been like an OIT, right, with his FTO yeah, or something. Said, hey, hey go hit that kid, you know, with the baton. So, officer in training, yeah. and field uh, yeah. training officer, yeah. Or whatever. Oh, yeah, he just hit my friend like six <laughs> times on the legs, jumped back in his car, and ran. It was like so, training day with yeah. Denzel Washington. So, this is the stuff I grew up seeing. And, and I'm like, so you know, I had this I'm thing, an and then I thought, okay, feds are different because now I was. Yeah, you know, because they wear suits. Yeah, they're different. <laughs> you know, a little higher, held a higher um, standard. But uh, when I started traveling, you know, I started meeting a lot of local cops. And I'm like, 
man, these guys are cooler than feds. They're actually nice guys. Right. Maybe it's just New York cops, you know? And I'm like, so I start, you know, opening my eyes and seeing things for myself and, you know, and uh, the rest is history, man. And here I am. When did you meet and Alicia? I met her when I got out of the Army. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, like. like not, not instantly, no. Yeah, but okay. like, like after you started your Secret Service job? Well, I met her. We were kind of close friends as I was leaving for the Secret Service. And coincidentally, she was going to be going to school in Townsend State University in Baltimore. Okay. So she was about 40 minutes away, 45 minutes away from where I lived. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, so I just travel back and forth and see each other or whatever. I mean, I used to do some stupid stuff. I used to get <laughs> off a shift for 16 hours, you know, drive 40 minutes, pick her up, Not bring sleep. her back to, <laughs> and then and then have to leave back to work two hours later. Jesus. You know, and just to have her at my apartment, like making food or something. So when I come <laughs> back the next day tired and we could hang out a little bit, maybe see a movie, right. you know, before I had to go back. But yeah, yeah, that sounds like a fucking that'd be tough to have a relationship. Yeah, it was hard. She well, you know, she was busy with school and she worked full time and went to college full time. So oh, okay, she she you know, she was go getter. So you know, she didn't really have a problem with it. She had her own things going on, but she understood. It's made know? it easier that way. Yeah. So then you came out to Arizona, checked it out, and you're like, "Fuck, I can get a house here for cheap." Yes, yes, man. Because um, I had just been looking in the Maryland area and. At the time, they wanted like I remember three hundred three. They wanted three hundred and three thousand dollars for like. What um, year was this? This was in ninety five, ninety six. Expensive. Yeah, yeah, DC area. Yeah, and Arizona, hundred grand. <laughs> no, it was less than that. Jeez. I I uh, I got to Arizona on a trip with the president. I had a couple, you know, had some downtime. Right. And I was driving around. There was houses being built, sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred square foot homes, eighty grand, eighty five grand. I was like. With a front yard and backyard. With a front yard. But and, you have to mow. Not and with the fucking cops scissors. were making about as much <laughs> money as I was, minus, you know, I got a lot of per diem. Yeah. We had double time, double time and a half on holidays, which was yeah, really nice. But money. but uh, still, I didn't have to work as much, you right. know. So. And it's sunshine. There's no fucking snow. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't have to police. Because that's the worst, man. Um, you know, traffic control in the rain and snow. That's the worst. You guys had to do that, too? Oh, yeah. For motorcades? Really? Yeah, motorcades coming out. I thought they'd have separate fucking, separate nah. whatever, like the local police do, nah. that, local, that kind of shit. Local police is uh, away from the White House. Like, you know, anything on the White House grounds. Right. So if we were away from the White House, um, we would do, we wouldn't do it. The locals gotcha. would do it. But if we were around the White House, like the one mile radius or something, we'd do it. So how does that work if, like, you come here, like, with the president, they just bring a gang of dudes and, like, hey, like... You're covering these days, and then you can get a, day, a down yeah, day or something? Yeah, after everything's secured, you know, right. Um, swept, right? Yep. You know, everything's swept and secured. They they assign, like, local PD to certain spots, 24 hours to watch, okay. and then maybe a couple of agents. And then, uh, you know, there's different uh, levels of security, right? Yep. Inner, outer, middle, yep. all that good stuff. But, yeah. So, so then you get some downtime to go fuck off and then go Sometimes, do, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. That was nice because, like, little mini vacation, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. We can't go out and do anything stupid. No. Well, <laughs> it's been done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we've seen the news. <laughs> Without paying the consequence for yeah. it. That's what we started with, yeah, consequences. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. So then, yeah. how much uh, did you, and I know you can't get into it, but did you like working for the Clintons, or were they okay people? Well, I really didn't have to deal with them other than, I mean, some of the worst things, like, uh, 
man, what could I say? Um, well, everybody. can you say she wasn't the nicest person in the world? <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering if I could say she was batshit crazy, but uh, yeah. but no, she wasn't very nice, and that's already been documented in several books. So I'm not saying anything that a lot of people don't suspect. Right. Um. She, you know, and uh, as far as working for them, you know, we weren't allowed to say hello to her. We made eye contact, things you, like that. Really? Yeah. They warned us about, hey, try not to make any uh, effort to talk to her or anything like that. You know, with Bill, they, I don't remember them saying anything about Bill. Bill would say hi once in a while. He was friendly. He was friendly, yeah. Yeah, friendly guy or whatever. He, he was friendly. You would think you'd want to be cool to the people that are protecting you. You, you would yeah. think, huh? <laughs> yeah. You would like, think. I mean, I couldn't go hours and hours about Hillary. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, because that's a big ass. And back then, I, I didn't know anything about politics. I didn't know the difference between a Democrat and Republican. And back then, there wasn't much of a difference. Right. You know, they pretty much all were kind of the same, but but maybe they thought, this rather than like look at you and I we have a lot of the same views but there might be some things we disagree with yeah and we could just say okay we agree to disagree right and make something happen right yeah in in another way and uh I think politics was a lot like that 20 30 years ago maybe yeah and now it's just insane well the division now yeah. is fucking crazy so, it's like yeah, oh so you believe this you're a fucking yeah, asshole yeah, like whoa whoa yeah, whoa yeah. whoa so, man I just don't so agree like with back you. then I didn't even know the difference you know it's yeah. just they're all they were all politicians to me and I thought she wasn't the nicest person. He was okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, and anyway. yeah, I've heard yeah. Uh, stories from from other people too. But yeah, yeah, that that'd be pretty crazy to be told. Yeah, don't fucking keep your interaction to the first lady. Yeah. <laughs> to a minimum because yeah. she doesn't like us. Yeah. That fucking that would suck. Yeah. So, you applied for a job out here before you left Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, you're a fucking job rolling motherfucker. So, yeah. So then I, you get hired by who out here? I got hired by Mesa, and that was it. I did my career there. Out there? Yeah. And what year was that? Got hired with Mesa in 96. And you, shit, you only been like 27, 28 years old, right? I was 27, 27. 27 yeah. years old. Um, and then uh, how long did you spend with them? Man, from from then to about 20, 2008, 2005 is when I got in my accident. Oh, yeah, until about 2008. And then you bounced around from what? From like street beat cop to. I went from. I was only on patrol with Mesa for two years. And okay. then I got into a, a specialty assignment right away. And then from then I got into special investigations. And I did the rest of my career there. Gotcha. And that was, you know, um, plain clothes stuff, you know. And, and that, at, at that time, like, when did you start jujitsu? 99. So you got. So you came out here in, what do you say, 96? Yeah. Yeah, because back in, back I wanted to get into it back east, and uh, there was a place in Maryland that I saw, and uh, I think it was affiliated with that Mario Yamasaki from the UFC. Mm-hmm. So and uh, the ref, so, yeah, okay, yeah, and uh, I don't know if it was he lived there or if it was his brother or whatever. There was no Google back then, so I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> but uh, but phone uh, book, uh, yeah, the phone book. Well, it just said Yamasaki's gym. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so uh, yeah, so I I looked into that and that was too far. And of course, my my schedule was too unpredictable, so I couldn't do that. And then when I got out here, um, and it took me about four months to join Jiu-Jitsu because I, I I went to this gym and I'd go and I'd look and people sitting on each other's faces and. <laughs> You know, and back then we didn't use rash guards and stuff. It was like, you know, a nipple in your nose and all that. <laughs> you guys went shirtless? Yeah, man. And I was like, I don't know how to do this, but I think it'd be good for my job. <laughs> and maybe my sex life. I don't know. <laughs> what, would they, what would they wear for fucking shorts? 
the tidy fighties, you know, like they, yeah, they like, just look like, like tight brief underwear. Speedos, yeah. I still have a pair. <laughs> That's what everybody would wear. Yeah, I have a pair. At practice? Yeah. There were no <laughs> girls either. There were no <laughs> girls. There were no families. There were no. It was all bouncers, ex convicts. You know, it was like, it, you know, motley crew, man. And lots of baby oil. Lot, no, no baby oil. No baby. Maybe there was people that wanted to slip out of stuff. Yeah. So ninety nine. What was the gym you started at? Oh man, I don't know if I could say names, but it was one of the most the local ones here that uh, they called themselves Brausa, I think. And then uh, it and it basically was just a bunch of guys beating the shit out of each other. You told me it was yeah. fucking. The, they the, were trying to like yeah. literally try and fucking yeah. hurt each other. It, every it, day. Yeah, it was literally purposely trying. They hurt each other, and uh, the instructor, uh, I th- he had some ties with uh, Hicks and Gracie and trained with him for a while and stuff. What belt was he? He was just a brown. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. But to see a brown back then was like to see a red belt. Like, just to see a, a blue belt, even, was That's like, wow. And a purple belt was like, oh, my God. You know, I never seen that. You, you just didn't see all that stuff. So, so no geese? It, there was just no geese. And then it started training more with gi. And then, uh, but it was just a track, it, it was just a stable, you know, it was a stable for, for people wanting to fight and get into the fights because through that place, uh, there was a few UFC fighters that were there. Uh, you had Edwin Dweez trained there, uh, okay. Joe Riggs, uh, uh, Santino DeFranco was there. He was an ultimate fighter as well. Uh, uh, Holmes, uh, not, no, um, Homer, Homer, yeah, was Homer, there. Moore, yeah. Homer was there. I told you I wrestled there in college, yeah, right? Yeah. He was there. I mean, it was just a bunch of. Crazy guys, man. And well, you uh, said you had to hide the fact you're a cop, right? Yeah, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want anybody to judge me. Right. Uh, I because I, I was like that too. I judged people back then when I didn't know any law enforcement officers. You know. Well, you told me you're one, but you said, "Hey, don't fucking tell me that." And no, I told one. You guy, told him. Yeah, right? yeah. There was this one guy that had joined. He was uh, like an academy graduate, and I'm not going to name which agency here, but he had, and he was proud of it, but young, proud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Telling everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just graduated academy. Blah blah blah. I'm a cop. I'm a cop. I'm a cop. I'm like, hey man, <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't you, you, you probably don't want to, you know, advertise that here. I mean, you know, and he didn't know I was a cop. I was just, right. I was just like, you know, but I don't want to advertise that here, man. Just do your thing, train, leave, whatever, in one piece. No, I'm cool. I'm proud. I'm not scared. I'm proud. I'm okay. Next year he had a broken. No, next week he had a broken arm and never saw him again. You know, I'm I'm savage, like, right? you know, I tried. You know, right. So. They said there was a lot of convicts too, right? Oh yeah, I wanted to learn. I was there strictly to learn. I don't care what anybody did. I don't care what you know. I wasn't witnessing any crimes. I wasn't looking for it. You know what right. I mean? I just want to learn. You know, I, I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna. You know, start looking like, for a case and while I'm w- trying to train. You know? Was practice back then like instructional men just trying to murder each other or just straight up murder each it, other? It was uh, like did they show you anything? It was it was uh hmm. what would we do? We'd we'd warm up of course, you know, do some uh calisthenics, things like that, stretch out. And then it was they'll show a move or two. Right. And then it was just go. <laughs> just you know, murder just each go. other. And you'd be there all day or whatever, you know. No clock, no nothing. Do we have a clock? I think sometimes somebody would bring a stopwatch, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I don't remember having to stop for a clock, you know, we would stop when we got tired, you know, and then we'd go, you know, yeah, you got, yeah. you'd stop when you had too many yeah. fucking balls in your face. For, yeah. for and and I used to try to get like law enforcement in there all the time. Hey man, you got to try this. Nobody would ever. Continue. They wouldn't do it, huh? They wouldn't do it. Uh, I, there was one guy I used to team up with a lot. He was a firefighter and he was a great partner. He was super strong, a lot bigger than me. And, uh, he, he was what fun. city? 
he was with uh, I think he was with Chandler. Okay. He might have just he might have retired by now. Now. Yeah. Um, big Polish think. guy. Really, really nice guy. So then you stayed at that school for how long? I was there for about maybe like three years, two three years. And that's when you met Carlson. I met Carlson there. Yeah. So to to describe our our lineage, there was there's all the Gracies, but Carlson Gracie comes from the original Gracie family, correct? Carlos. Yeah, from Carlos, Carlos. and then he he went more to the fighting so side. Carlos right? is uh, the one that trained under Maeda. He he's uh, the one that started um, Gracie Jiu Jitsu, right? Which is now called Brazilian Jiu Jitsu too. And he had like 28 kids or oh, something. Man, he right? has a whole. Yeah, twenty something. <laughs> but he had uh Carlson was his first son, I believe. Yeah, his first son. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then uh Carlson was the one that uh that uh kind of drifted off and went in more into the he liked more aggressive jujitsu as where Helio, which was Carlos's brother, liked more the defensive and things like that. You yeah. Know? But Carlos Carlson was a character, you know. Senior. Yeah, the stories if you like hear about him, just a hard motherfucker. Like they would, but very, fight all but the very time. loving. He's yeah. hard but loving. You know, he he wouldn't sugarcoat anything. He wouldn't say anything behind your back. He just, you know. Man. But I met Carlson at that place. Junior, so, right? junior, yeah. So, you met Carlson so junior. when I met Junior, he didn't even speak English. And uh, really, yeah, he was like just smiling. He spoke Spanish, so we communicated gotcha. Spanish. But uh, one of his students was at going out here to ASU uh, studying. Uh, biology or something, and he was out here. He's a, he was the first purple belt I ever met, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And he was and really student good. Student was, yeah, and he was a legit purple belt. It was like, and uh, he came to this school, and he was like little skinny guy, and everybody they were nice to his face, but they wanted to kill him because he was, he was good. We got to kill this guy because he's good, <laughs> right. and uh, he would just I, man, he'd, they'd put him in such horrible positions, but he'd manage to get a way out and choke him or really? submit them, but. Every time I watched, I was, What's I was like, little? Like how small was he? He was probably about a buck forty. Damn, that but is little. But he was tall and skinny. Right. And, and uh, every time I watched him, I was like, oh my god, today's gonna be the day he breaks because, like, like literally, you know, like he was just. They would put him in these horrible positions, man. And, and I think he had a lot of pride, you know. And yeah. he was not gonna tap to anything, and he'd get out of there and, and choke. So, but uh, yeah, he's a nice guy, and. Uh, you know, he actually came to my our five year anniversary. He was really? there. Yeah. He's a doctor now. <laughs> and a black belt. Yeah, and a yeah. black belt. <laughs> yeah. But uh he was the first one and one day he tells me, Hey Alex, are you gonna be here uh such and such a date? And he was the reason why I stayed. Because he I knew he trained under you know Carlson, Carlson right? Yeah. And I was like, he's the only reason I stayed. I was like, man, because I'm gonna stick with him, I'm gonna learn from him. He's not you know, he, he wants to teach, you know, whatever. So uh him and there was another guy who became very big too. Yuki Ishikawa was another guy. That's your buddy that lives in Japan, right? That that's the like owner the of the biggest, the biggest schools in Asia right now. Yeah, yeah. And he was a white belt as well. So me, Carlos, and him we used to train. You were a white belt for three years, for about two and a half. Okay, two and a half, almost three years. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we were there, and uh, Carlos goes to me, "Hey, a friend of mine from Chicago is coming on such and such a date. You gonna be here?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll be here." And when I get there. Hey, this is my friend Carlson Gracie. I was like, oh shit, you know. So yeah. rolled with him, and the way he rolled with me, he tied me up. <laughs> I mean, and at the time I was bodybuilding, I was strong, I, I I was aggressive. I mean, I was, you know, I was in great shape. You Cause know? you're athletic too. 
back like then. Even, I was like, athletic. <laughs> you for an old bastard. You're yeah. still athletic. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. You're just being nice. I can tell you. <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, Carlson, man, he climbed. I, I remember going to Alicia and telling her, this man climbed me up like a... What are those little bears in Australia? A koala bear. You're right. Yeah, he would climb, climb me like a koala bear, slow, slow. And there was absolutely nothing I could do. Just watch him get closer to my neck and closer and choke the shit out of me. And I was like, holy shit, how the fuck? <laughs> and then he'd smile. You know, he'd smile. And then we'd roll again. And now, all right, I'm muscling, you know, because I didn't understand, you know, um, being courteous to the guy, right? Yeah. It's just fight, 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 right? Sounds like so, you're a slow learner, too. <laughs> yeah. So, so we go again, and next thing I know, he, he has me, he knee bars me. I was like, okay. And he chokes me. I, I remember, he choke, knee bar, choke. I remember Fucking like, murdering I was like, you. I was like, damn. So, and he wasn't very big back then, right? He was leaner. 170 yeah, pounds he was leaner because he had, I think he had just, he might have just done that MMA fight with John Lewis or something. But I, I watched that. Yeah, he yeah, might have just done that. that but... But, uh, yeah, I mean, and then from there, I was like, he was the first black belt I ever rolled with. The first guy that actually, you know, other than Carlos, the first, like, black belt to take me to side and show me things. Right. You know, and, and pay attention. And, and I was like, I was like, okay, this is my guy. This is my, this is the yep. team. This is the team to be with, you know. So. But that school wasn't a Carlson Gracie school, right? No, that school was just sta- stable. Right, there was nothing was, out here. Yeah. You gotta understand, there was nothing out here. It was a stable. And uh, so... You know, and then there's a couple of people that, that come from the lineage that came out here, mm-hmm. and they opened schools, so I started training there, and I would go to California a lot okay. and seek out, you know, Carlson Gracie schools. And, and back then, I didn't really understand the t- whole team mentality either, so, you know, if I saw anybody that was good, like, you know, that that uh, that, that was a champion from Brazil or you something, can I, something I, I'd go anywhere, you know what I mean? But uh, I always try to stick with the Carlson. Okay. You know? so, you, so you left there, those schools, and then... Yeah. So, when did you get your blue belt? I got it at the stable. Okay, so you got it there. <laughs> the stable, yeah. Take off from there. Yeah. Go to another school. Yeah. Just wherever. Yeah. When did you get your purple? I got my purple. Um, actually, was at Gustavo's for a little bit too. Okay. But that that my schedule was too much, and that's right about when I had my accident. Okay. So I had my accident, and then that was a two and year and a two and. But Gustavo's a good guy, good instructor, but the the style wasn't like. For me, right? You know, like yeah. I, it's just, uh, it was just, I don't like a lot of uh, guard. A lot, he showed a lot of guard stuff, a lot right. of competition type. I like a jujitsu, you know, like for Carlson's team. Like what I like about Carlson's style of jujitsu, I feel it's like one size fits all. And I'm not comparing, you know, schools or anything like that. But I, I feel like Carlson. You see, uh, if you read about the team, the history of the team, there's, it's factual. It's on all over the internet. Right. They, they were called the, uh, the champion factory. So they had a lot of jujitsu gi champions. They had a lot of jiu-jitsu nogi champions. They had a lot of MMA champions. You know, I don't, I can't think of a team that had all those accolades and 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 conquered each division of those. Because you have some teams that are very good at jiu-jitsu right. and win tons of competition jiu-jitsu tournaments. Then you have some that win uh, a lot of nogi tournaments or whatever. And then you have some that really don't focus on MMA. They'll just, okay, you're going to train jiu-jitsu here. You're going to do stand-up here, this, there, this, there. You know, remember, Carlson, at that time, trained them for everything. Right, right. You know, so they were going to <clears throat> MMA and, and, you know, with just Carlson Gracie jiu-jitsu. It's kind of like John Danaher before John Danaher showed up, right? Because Danaher coaches, like, MMA guys, coaches jiu-jitsu, yeah, coaches yeah. all that stuff. But uh, he's a whole other 
different yeah, prodigy, animal, you know? Right? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's different, you know, there's a lot of gems in this whole jiu-jitsu thing. Everybody brings something to the table. Um, there's a lot of hidden gems, you know? And, and what I mean by hidden gems, people, people uh, have influence on different aspects of the game, I feel, you know? Right. Um, you can't just shut anybody out. I, I mean, I learned from a white belt. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I, you gotta you gotta be humble. You gotta listen. You gotta somebody might wow you. I see kids trying things in jujitsu that adults wouldn't try, and make it work. And I'm like, wow, that kid actually figured that out. <laughs> and, you know, it's good. Well, it's kind of important to talk about too. So you got your blue belt. Uh, you got into a into an accident, a car accident on yeah. duty. Broke your neck, right? Yeah. yeah. Broke my neck. Uh, nerve damage down my arm. Uh, you know, herniated. Uh, C6, I got nerve impingement narrowing the spinal canal. I mean, I got to get checked every year, you know, a little scary. And so doctor told you? They told me nothing. They told me, I, they told me don't do anything. And at the time, I lifted the jujitsu. They told me, oh, I don't do anything, you know, for a while till you heal up. And uh, uh, two days later, I was lifting at the gym. The guys <laughs> were like, hey, aren't you worried? I'm like, no, I don't want to be depressed. I'm just going to do lightweight. I did yeah. lightweight. I wasn't just comfortable. Do lots of biceps. Yeah, I wasn't comfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wasn't comfortable with doing uh, uh, jujitsu yet because right. something, especially from you know. We well, didn't even know you had a broken neck for a while. No, right? I didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> for about three or four months because uh, workers' comp. You know they they. Uh, That'd be real shitty back then. Well, yeah, because yeah. where I felt my pain was in my shoulder. And in my arm, and I would tell them, "Hey, this is where I hurt," and they couldn't find nothing. But I had no idea that the cervical spine had anything to do with the arm and the shoulder mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So, you know, I had no idea. So I kept telling him, "Hey, this, this, this," and that's a whole other story. And then finally, my own family doctor said, "Hey, uh, I think it's your neck." And the rest is history. You know? Yeah, you're like, "Fuck, so, you do have a broken neck." Yeah. So. So you took how much time off from jujitsu? Two years, eight months. And then you said, fuck it. No, my sons and my wife started training. Okay. And I would sit there for an hour watching them, two hours and three hours. And, you know, and I could feel myself coaching people from the sidelines. Right. And I, I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know, like, hey, do this, do that. But then people started asking me questions after class. And I'm like, because, you know, like something I pointed out worked or whatever. And right. I was like, oh, man. You know, and then the instructor was like, hey, why don't you just try slowly, roll with me. Roll with people that are, you know, higher level that won't mess you up. And, you know, and then I just started going through the motions, really. And then as I got confident. What school? Uh, I don't want to say. Okay. But it was going. a Carlson Gracie lineage, too. Okay. So, so, so as uh, we started going, I got more confident, right? And, um, and then after that, I, that school's no longer here anyways. Right. right. It was weird Bad stuff. Guy. Yeah. But gotcha. nah, weird stuff. I don't know. Right. Anyway, so, <laughs> so, uh, weird stuff. But, uh, so, the, the thing is, um, you know, but I got to be thankful for that, man, because, uh, you know, he was the one that told me, hey, just try slowly, more com get more comfortable. And, you know, I gave him 100 bucks cash. All right, let me try it for a month, you know, and let me see what happens. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, they're being nice. They're not being bad. And then, I, you know, a little bit more came in, and I started doing better and better and better. And, you know, next day I've been there like eight months, you know. And uh, promotion day came up, and lo and behold, I got my purple. Yeah. You know, I, I had no expectations of that. Right. Um, you know, and... Uh, you had to be fucking people up, though, right? I was doing okay. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know, we all have good days and bad days. But but uh, Rodrigo Medeiros, who's a Carlson senior black belt, he was there for when I got my purple. Nice. And I used to go to his gym on Pacific Beach. If you ever get to San Diego, Pacific Beach, he's, he's a good guy, one of our OGs. 
and uh, so he was there for my purple. So, and then uh, you know, and then I kept going, and I ended up uh, teaching mornings voluntarily uh, every morning over there, and all my guys in the morning class. Well, not all because you know some people don't compete, but most of the guys I was training were winning. Okay. So I was like, oh man, this is good. You know, winning yeah. for people that were never expected to I'm win. Pretty fucking good at this. Gold medal. Yeah. I was like, yeah. they were winning, and uh, you know, and then I went to uh, Brazil. It was one of my dreams, you know, to go to the original Carlson Gracie gym. That's how much that's how much I was into this, and uh, I went there and I met some other guys that were really good and trained with them. Got to spend some time there. This is all at purple. This is all at purple. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, purple was probably my longest belt. <laughs> so you know, how long? Oh man, probably like six years. I think okay. it was like grayish. You saw it, it's hanging up. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it doesn't even look yeah. purple. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah. You got your brown? I got my brown. Is that when you started the gym? No, I got my brown from same <coughs> individual. Was under, okay. you know, he was Carlson Lineage. And um, again, uh, hey, uh, or Rodrigo was there too for that. And, you know, I had met already Hay and all those guys. And um, So I got my brown, was still teaching there. And then the, uh, the, the energy of the school started turning weird. Like I, I kind of, you know, you know, like, and, and the instructor wasn't there as much anymore. And, you know, I think he had a lot of personal things he had to take care of, so I don't blame him for that, you know. It's, it's just, you know, it probably was an ugly time for him. I don't know. I'm not him. Yeah. But eventually he had to close his doors, and, and, I, uh, and I opened the place in Gilbert. And, uh, you know, originally— that was, your fir- that was the first school, right? The first school. And even, b- let me back up, uh, when, uh, when the one school was kind of on the outs— I went around trying to find a new school for my kids, and I just wasn't happy, mm-hmm. and, you know, with the programs. I, you know, they were too easy as far as, like, too many games. I, I don't, you know, I, as a parent, if I'm going to pay you to teach my kid martial arts, I don't want to see you playing Duck, Duck, Goose with my kid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I can do that at home with them. And I know there's a lot of places that do that, and I'm sorry, but that's the way I feel. I yeah. would, I, that's why I did not join a school like that because mm-hmm. I, I said, hey, you know, I want to help them. Um, you know, develop confidence. We I want to learn jujitsu. I want them to learn jujitsu. I want them to get mentally yeah. tough. Yeah. I don't want, you know, I don't believe in uh, every, I'm not the everybody gets a trophy type of guy. And, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, let's face it, martial arts is fighting. Yeah. You know, you're there to fight. You're not learning. <laughs> you're, you're not there to do duck, duck, goose. You're not there to cry about your little, oh, my fingers cut. You know, you know how many kids I have? My fingers cut. I'm, I'll, oh, did it fall off? No. All right, get back, get back over there. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and then they stop crying right away. They're oh, like, yeah. oh, that's not going to work with this guy. You know, <laughs> so, you know. This guy's an asshole. So. Yeah, right? No. But, you know, I, I'm really surprised that my kids' program took off. I was like, when I started my They're kids, fucking killers, man. But, like, I go in yeah. sometimes to help teach, and I, yeah. and I go in early to... And I see the kids there. I'm like, these fucking kids are murdering yeah. people. And the ones that are murdering people more are the girls. I'm like, the fucking girls are killers, yeah. dude. The girls are killers. Oh, they yeah. are killers, dude. It's like, holy shit, yeah. they're murdering. But I did not think that program would take off. I told my wife, look, people are going to see the way I am. And I'm not going to hide who I am. Oh, I, I love I, it, I, I would never hide who I am because you're, you, if you try to pretend you're someone you're not or you try to you know, fake who you are, you're, you're just wasting time when you meet people. Yeah. You know, I'd rather you know who I am, decide whether you like me or not, and, and, 
and be done with it, man. Yeah. You know, we could be great friends or we could just be acquaintances or whatever, but I'm not going to hide who I am. So I, I always tell the parents, you know, they, oh, I'm here to sign them up. I'm like, well, let me tell you a little bit about myself and what we're going to do for the week <laughs> right, here. And yeah. then you then you can decide, right. you know. You can hang out for a oh, week for free. okay. You know, so. Well, it's funny because you walk in there too and there's like all kinds of parents in there, dude. There's not a fucking peep out of those parents. <laughs> no matter, I don't care what's going on. Those parents are just like, that's like the quietest fucking sideline you'll ever yeah. see, dude. Yeah. They just, they kids just need bad. that. Kids need, um, you know, discipline. They need, they, they need leadership. You I know? agree, dude. And, and 100%. Uh, you know, there's too much coddling nowadays. I think it's because even when I watch Alex Jr. coach, like, like uh, the kids too, he's not easy on those kids either. No, he's meaner than me, man. I gotta, I gotta tell him, hey, man, they're only a few years younger than you. You gotta. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex Jr. is like super nice kid too, like super nice kid. But like, yeah, I've I've seen kids come up and, and like, and and uh, get tossed on their head or something like that. And he's like, checks them out or whatever. And he's like, you're fine. It's like you know, those kids are crying. He's like, stop crying, you're fine. There's nothing to cry about. I'm like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it's for everybody. No. But yeah, but yeah. Hey, but I think it's. But it's good. Like that, I'll attract more people that know what I expect. Yeah. And there's no surprises, you know. No. Nope. It would suck for somebody to join thinking I'm going to play Ring Around the Rosies with their kids, and then, you know, the kids learning how to drop people on their heads, and you know, and, and gets hurt a little bit maybe. You know, it's a yeah. contact sport. Things happen. Yep. Uh, knock on wood, we've never had any real serious injuries, but. You know, at the end of the day, it is a contact sport. No yeah. different than football or, you know, soccer or anything like that. Well, it's violent, dude. And I, it, it's a violent world. And, like, mm, yeah. I, I think the sooner that you can introduce those kids to understand yeah. what violence is, yeah, kind of goes from there. But but the nice thing about it, what jiu-jitsu teaches is, uh, and I tell everybody, it teaches you how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. It, nothing's going to make you feel more uncomfortable than somebody's hairy chest on your face and you're trying to get out of here. <laughs> You know what I mean? And you got to get out of here and choke. Friday night. So you know, you got to get out here and choke his ass. So you open up that academy. That was a small academy too. Yeah, right? it was small, but man, it was that that place was like yeah, some good memories. Yeah, I drive by it once in a while. <laughs> where where was that one? It was on Cooper and Warner. Okay. There used to, there used to be a high health there. Now there's a really good Thai restaurant right next door to that we used to go to, but. That place was, uh, we'd, I remember getting it up there to 113 degrees once and training. <laughs> and the room, I mean, the, the windows were just wet. And outside was about 105, 106. But when you went outside, it felt like air conditioning. Like AC? Yeah, man, it was crazy. How many students there at that one? Man, I don't remember. I don't remember. I think maybe. And what year was that? 2013, 14. Okay. And we, maybe we had about 30. Yeah, 30 students. That's not very many students, right? Yeah, in the beginning. Because I, I was just more worried about covering my rent back then. I, I never poached, man. I never went yeah. to people and said, hey, I'm opening up. Even when I was teaching at that school, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it by myself. Right. I'm going to do it on my own. So I, ne- I never went to people at the school and said, hey, I'm opening up a school. Wink, wink. You know, right. I let them find out on their own. Gotcha. You know, and then whoever wanted to come later, they, they make their own adult decision. You know, and if they did, and I didn't have a lot, I maybe had, I had a handful come later when the place was really starting to look like it was going to close. But, but um, I had a few come before that. And, uh, you know, I, I always said, hey, do the right thing and let yeah, the other individual know that right. you're going to be moving. And, uh, you know, and, oh, okay, okay. But, and then I had some people that were actually upset that I left without saying goodbye. But, again, I didn't, you know, I knew they'd find me. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to give that, that, that vibe that I was trying to poach or take people. Well, how'd it go, like – 
to to backtrack a little bit, like, did you you approach Junior and said, "Hey, look, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to open up my own school." Oh, or? with Junior, it was like <laughs> it was one of these. Uh, so uh, when I was training the kids, I was training my son, his best friend at the time, and my daughter in my garage for Kids Worlds. And uh, and I didn't have a team. Old school. Yeah, I, I didn't have a team, and I was like, called Junior up since I know him for so long. Hey, I don't have a team. Could I put Carlson Gracie team for them? Uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So I took the kids to California. All three of them won worlds. They <laughs> so won worlds. All three of them. What age were they? they? Oh man, they were young. They were like maybe. Let me see. How old is Alex? Alex twenty. Nineteen twenty. I opened the school. He had to be like in seventh grade, maybe eighth grade, something Damn. like that. So him, Nina, and his his buddy Bryce, who's now also wrestling in college, they all won worlds. So that was, so so those are your first world champions. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but still, it's yeah. they're fucking world yeah. champs. Kids but are not. It, but it was fun, man. It was like it, you know they did that, and uh, so when we came back, then I uh, I had uh, opened a school and I and I had talked to Carlson about coming back on the team or getting on the team, you know. Mm-hmm. Straight like officially, to him. right? Yeah, straight to him because I was always under somebody who was Carlson Gracie. You gotcha. know what I mean? So he never gave us a problem, man. He was, I think, he was happy to have us. You know, that's awesome. So, yeah. So the, and and that's when you were a brown belt. You opened the school. Yes. At, at the yeah. first school. Yes, and I was very hesitant, man, because there's a lot of Arizona's got a good jujitsu scene. There's a lot of good black belts here. There's a lot of well decorated black belts and stuff, and I have a lot of respect for a lot of them. And uh, you know, and here I am, a brown belt. I, probably the first person to open as a brown belt ever. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. And I didn't have the accolades they did because my career didn't allow for that. And yeah, yeah. then my injury, got broken know, they, yeah, kind of, my <laughs> dreams got kind of taken away from me there. But, but uh, you know, they're, they're good people. But I, there's one thing that I know. I know people. Uh, one thing that I had that could help me that I felt that I was strong with, I know people. I care. You yeah. know, I, I genuinely give a shit. You I care I, more I, than most. If, I, if I'm going to put time into you, I, it's because I give a shit. I, yeah. I'm not gonna waste time, my time. I got a lot of people that I know that I can be helping, and and but I if somebody comes with me with something, I care. I want to help. I do yeah. want to help. It's in my nature, or even my career paths. I watch you do it over and over well, and over. Not for just us in jujitsu, but even in our personal well, lives. Well, I think there's nothing more satisfying for a human being than to be able to help someone that needs help. Yeah. I think we should all be better humans by doing that in whatever capacity you can, yeah. and you know, and play it forward. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and it'll come back. I believe in karma. I do. You know, it'll come back. But I I, I will help somebody that I know is probably going to shit on me two years from now. Yeah. But since they're not shitting on me right now <laughs> and I want to help them, I will help right. them if I can. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and because that makes me feel good, too. Yeah. You know, For it's, sure. maybe that's a little selfish, but it makes me feel good to help yeah. somebody, you know. Not at all. And uh, my jobs have always been about helping people. Yeah. Service you know? driven. Person. Service driven. Absolutely. So how long did you stay at, at that first school? Um, before you outgrew man, it, three years, three and years. You outgrew it. We outgrew it. Then we went to another one um, <clears throat> around the corner from where we're at now, mm-hmm. and we were there just man. I don't even think a year. Really, uh, it had to be like just maybe like nine months or something like that. How many students do you have at that time? I don't even remember, man. Over Alicia, Alicia would be the one that I never count students, right? I, I, and that's another thing. You know the how the song goes, don't count your money when you're sitting at Oh, the, yeah. I, I think it's, it's bad gambler. luck. Yeah. I just, just, I, 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 I just wonder, like, like around 150, something You'd like that. You'd have to ask Alicia. Yeah. Yeah, you'd like have to ask her. She, she kept track of all that. My purpose was just people to learn jujitsu, compete, be happy. Gotcha. Oh, too far? I don't know. He's saying, get it close to your face. Just speak up, bro. Okay. Mine too low? Yeah. yeah all right. Sorry. Um, 
well, then you outgrew that school in nine months. Yeah, yeah, and we did a lot of work to that school to make it big too. We really? knocked down walls ourselves. And <laughs> was I, that when the wall got knocked down on Jeff? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and it was a it was a dental office, and we had to knock down all these walls where all the little booths were. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we outgrew that like in two months. Oh, I was like, oh my god, because I got it <clears throat> thinking, okay, I got an extra. 150 square feet. Yeah. That's enough. That's nothing. I know. 10 by 5. I know. I, know. I was like, you know, and so anyway. Maybe yeah. A little more. So then just there and then. So, yeah, this was a blessing because then there was a CrossFit gym around the corner from us. That's the one I, I showed up to. That's right? the one we're at okay. now. Yeah. And the guy was having trouble. You know, we have a lifetime right down the street. And the guy went big with his CrossFit gym. He should have started small and yeah. go from there. So one day he was telling me his problems, like, oh, my God, you know, they're going to kick me out. I'm going to owe rent, this and that. And, uh, you know, maybe we can switch locations, you know, if you talk to them. Oh, I was like, you know, man, that, that'll work. I'll talk to them, but I, I don't want you to think I'm stepping on your toes. No, I'm telling you, go talk to them. Right. I'm like, so I talked to them. We worked it out. Um, I got his place. They didn't go after him with his finances, which I'm happy, yeah. you know, because he owed them money. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was happy that... Uh, I was able to help him out. Then he took over the other place? No, he was going to, but then he actually never did. He, he, right. he just, yeah. yeah, threw in the towel. CrossFit's stupid anyway. So. <laughs> 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 Sorry, CrossFit. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, but, you know, and then we're here, and it, it's a good-sized place. I don't want to move anymore. What I, year was that? God, why you ask me that? Um, all these years are a big blur to me. Yeah. So I've been there maybe, where are we, 2022? 2017? Okay, 20, so like five years. 2018? Five-ish years you've been there? About 2018, because I think our lease is up another two years or something. Yeah. I don't know. Something okay, like so you've been there five yeah. years. So then you owned a school since 2012? 2013? 2013. Okay. So Early 2013. Yeah, so seven years. Yeah. How many world champions have you produced in seven years? Oh, God. Um, one, two... Just adults or kids too. Everybody. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's pretty good. Seven. Yeah. That's pretty good in that short time. Short time, and because we don't our 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 adults program isn't that big, right? Comparatively. No. no. And then the kids Pan Am champ. You know, kids Pan Ams is the biggest tournament. It is. I, I got yeah. I got quite a few of those too. You know they. they so I got. Yeah, I got quite a few of those, too. From there. Some are three, four-time winners. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. The big boys. Uh, oh, yeah. Terra, boys, yeah man. There's, <laughs> there's two kids in there that are as big as me and bigger. They're like, ma- dude, they're gigantic. And they're in shape. Yeah, they're like 15 years old. Yeah. Dude, one, wasn't one 14? One's 14 and one's 15. I watched both, both of them beat an adult. Yeah. I put him in adult divisions. Yeah. And then they both beat the same dude back to back. I'm like, that poor bastard got beat by a 14 year old and and a 15 year old. But the one kid is, like, the older one is, dude, he's going to be a freaking monster. Yeah. Like, he's going to be gigantic. I rolled with him and I thought it was going to be like a nice roll one day. It was my my last roll. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, let me roll with the kid, you know? No. I was like, holy shit, I feel like I'm in the finals of the world here, man. He's like going after me. He's strong, too. (laughs) Like, he, like, you walk through the door and you're like, that kid's 15? No (laughs) way is that kid 15. 
Yeah. He got big old traps, big old neck on him. Like he's just a big. Kid. I would love to see him on a lifting program. Both of those kids. If they were got on some sort of lifting program, oh my god. Eventually, like yeah. a hard one. Yeah. Not not like just play with weights a little bit. A hard one. Did you? We haven't talked much about Alicia, but did you coach her? I did, coached her. Or she coached coach fight. Else? Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That is, <laughs> we don't work well together under those circumstances. No. But, uh, I remember it was one tournament. I'm coaching her, and it still pisses me off. But she, <laughs> she starts arguing with me arguing with me during the match while she's beating up the chick. <laughs> I was like, God, dog, man, don't you ever stop arguing. Because <laughs> um, she was a world champion at Brown? At Brown. At no, Brown. Purple, purple. At Purple. Yeah. yeah. Or champion at Purple. Yeah. How long had she been training for? Oh man, those are good questions for her. I don't. My dates are so screwed up, and I okay, hate to mess it up. Was it like five or six years? No, nah, she probably was training. She went through her to her blue belt quick and her purple belt quick. Okay. Yeah, she because she was out of that whole place. You know how we were talking about? We were talking about only one percent of people from every. Sometimes, I mean, probably less than one percent cumulative of people in jujitsu schools compete at high level like IBJJF all the time, right? Right. You got those certain few that decide to do it. You're lucky if you have two or three in each academy, right? Yeah. So the IBJJF is like the NFL of top of, tier of uh, jujitsu. Like that's yeah. where all the big boys play. Yeah. You're lucky if you have two or three people that like to compete on there, compete there all the time. And uh, she was the only one, man. And we really, yeah, we'd freaking. I would drive with her to because I was very team oriented. I had to train with my team. Yeah. I, I would drive to California with her just so she could roll at a. Uh, at the Rodrigo's. Tom school? Okay. No, Rodrigo's, because at the time, we were under Rodrigo, who was okay. uh, Carlson Gracie Sr.'s first black belt, who got Carlson Sr.'s blessing to come to the United States and open up his first school. Okay. Uh, so he, he, he was gone on good terms, so he was on good terms with okay. Sr., so we'd go there a lot, you know. And then, uh, and that's where she got a lot of her good training, you know, preparing for world. She's good, dude. Like She's and good. You, again, man, you should have seen her back then. Yeah. She was a guard passing machine. She She's did. not afraid to fish hook me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all yeah. Alex said. I'm like, dude, your wife fish hooked me? And she did something else. He goes, that's how you know she likes you. I'm like, I don't want her to like me. <laughs> yeah, I don't roll with her. We get into real, she, because she, she'll get mean, and there's no need to, and then I don't want to get mean, <laughs> so I, I can't roll with her. <laughs> right there. Oh, I, yeah, I can't roll with her. And then Alex has uh, two kids, and like, Nina's she's a she's a beast. She's yeah. uh she's a senior in high school, but uh she's a she's a blue belt, but she just she took like she's a nationally ranked wrestler, just you know, just signed for a ride. And she at what, sixteen was get going into adult uh tournaments yeah, adult and tournament. fucking murdering 15. women. Fifteen. <laughs> and like in some of the matches, I was like, "She just submitted that chick in fifteen seconds. Yeah. What the fuck is going on?" And she's, she's a four or five time Pan American champion. Jesus, yeah, yeah, super talented. And then his son's wrestling in college too. Yeah. Uh, he's a beast too. He's purple belt. But like, and Nina just fought, or yeah, fought in a tournament in Texas where she's just a blue belt, and she, and and she had to fight. Uh, that black belt and a brown belt. Brown right? belt and a black belt. Yeah. She beat the brown belt, right? Submitted her. Yeah, <laughs> submitted her, and then, then the black belt. It was close. It was close. It was real yeah. close. But they, you know, they probably had to give it to the black belt. Like yeah. some like 16, 17 year old blue belt shows yeah. up and is <laughs> fucking beating. Yeah, beating that. Black belt was a beast, though. You see the she was. She, I, she was built. She was an athlete, man. She was good. I watched that yeah. match. Yeah. And then all right, so there. All right, now I come strolling through the door after. <laughs> After Mike uh, 
is on me forever to come. Oh come, yeah, yeah. Come, yeah. Come I, start it. Yeah, I was like, man, I don't know if he's gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> My first day didn't go very well. <laughs> I got yelled at by a, by a by a brown belt for 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 not. Uh, for not uh, doing jujitsu, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Man, I don't know if this place is for me." I'm like, "Am I gonna come here and get fucking yelled at every day for just being my same retarded self?" Because <laughs> I had no idea what the fuck I did wrong. Even I was like, "I don't, dude." Because uh, I, I actually I don't think she knew it was your first day either. No, I don't know, man. But it was it was not good. And actually, the next practice, I came back. I'm like, "Hey, can I talk to you guys?" There was another black belt there that helped coach at the time. And I'm like. Dude, is it always gonna be like this? I'm like, am I gonna yell that fucking randomly for shit and <laughs> like whatever? She was fucking. It was, it was a good probably minute to two minute ass chewing. I just kind of like stared at her. I'm like, is this really fucking happening right now? Like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> and then I didn't. I didn't start. Um, I had no no urge or motivation to compete. I just wanted to come in oh, and, tra- yeah. and train. You told me that first thing off the bat. I was like, yeah. Cause I was like. Listen, man, I'm not going to tell you to compete or, you know, will I ask if you're ever going to, you know, I'll do it when people line up. Hey, anybody going to compete? So I know sometimes I gauge my training by how many people are competing or how many are not. So, you know, I'll ask then. But I said, if you don't want to compete, don't worry about it. But just make sure you're a good partner for guys that are getting ready for stuff, you know. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to compete. I'm like, just want, I just want to release stress. And I'm like, perfect. It's a good place to do it. Work out. You know, well, it's the only place I can touch other men and not be judged. Get a so yeah. <laughs> yeah. He touches me a little weird sometimes. <laughs> he said he saw it on YouTube. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I, I had no, no deal. And then, um, let's see. I think I trained. Alex, uh, so back in the day, like, they used to shun wrestlers. Like, they didn't like wrestlers. Oh, yeah, and, and, and Alex can probably tell. That was way back. When I first when I first started, yeah, it, it just and this is my speculation, right? Um, it just seemed like whenever a wrestler came in, um, a lot of attention wasn't paid to them, and I was like, man, why wouldn't you? These guys, they they're athletic, they don't quit, you know, they they move well. Uh, okay, so what if they get you? They just hold you. I, I mean, what do you expect? They don't know moves, you know what I mean? They're gonna hold you. It's you're the black belt. You need to get out of there. You know, if he can hold you really good, you're the black belt. You need to get out of there. You know, it's kind of funny because I, we just read the same book, and, and Hickson talked about where he rolled with the black belt, high-level, uh, what's his name? Dan Severn? No, not Dan oh, Severn. Oh, it was, uh, um, sorry. Uh, um, the brother, Foxcatcher. Yeah, yeah, they just uh, died. Not they just died, but got murdered. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, I'll remember. Well, keep you know going. who, yeah. yeah so I was reading the book, and, he's, and Hickson says that was the hardest fight he ever had. The guy basically held him for 30 minutes and got bored, and then Hickson caught him, which... You know, I mean, again. He said he had him in a cradle for yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? At least he got him. You know, he's not complaining about it. He's saying he was the hardest match. Yeah, he held me for 30 minutes. And, and I'm thinking in Hickson's mind, he's like, man, he's got a good hold of me. I can't get out. Like, what am I going to do? And Dave so, Schultz. Eventually, Dave Schultz. Yeah. Eventually, he got out and submitted the guy. Yeah, but you have a lot of guys now that will say, oh, man, I don't want to roll, roll with a wrestler. He's just going to hold me. Okay, well, so? Uh, find a way to get out. Gently, like, gently hold you. You know, <laughs> find a way to get out. But people didn't like that back then. They wanted to move around and all that stuff. But you know, I, everybody has a place, and I, I talk about that with my class, my students too. Everybody has a place. You need people that that are fast. You need people that are slow. You need people that are methodical. You need the the stallers. Because I'll, I'll tell you, man, I've never seen so many stallers in in competition till recent years. You know, in in, in the, the beginning. 
you know, it was, there were fights, man. You know, you didn't see people trying to win, literally training to win by advantage. That's, that, that's what it seems like. You know, like I hear coaches yell, hey, just hold him, just hold. I will never tell one of my, unless it's like he's losing and he at one point there's three seconds left. Yeah, okay, hold him. But if there's two minutes left or a minute left, well, you know, do you really want to win like that? In in jujitsu, they have a there's their point. They have a point system, but then say like it's zero zero, the ref can give an advantage. It's like you're attempting a move. And you almost did jujitsu. Yeah, that's what they call. It. <laughs> I used to have a lot of those. No points, but all, but nine almost did jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you used to do that. You were good at that. <laughs> My first tournament, and then uh, and then um, so you can win on on. An advantage, like that's how you can lose, and like you'll see guys lose like that. But but like, say someone will get an advantage, and they'll sit on that for two minutes, and then that's how you end up losing. Which and it's a it's a shitty way to fight. I think I don't fight that way, yeah. but but that's just kind of how it is. So. Yeah, and, and two minutes. Yeah, we're exaggerating a little bit because the referee has to call is supposed to call stall, but that's also subjective too. Yeah, you know, some referees will call something a lot faster than another, and you know, it's kind of like wrestling. Wrestling could be very subjective as well, but. For sure, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like jujitsu is probably even more. You know. Yeah, but they would intentionally not teach wrestler stuff. Like they would, you know, like like just keep information yeah. away from him. It took away from the mystique, you know, because at the time jujitsu was new, and and this is of course my opinion, my speculation from being around during that time. I, I feel like uh, the wrestlers were the first people or athletes, com- uh, combative athletes, right? Because a lot of people don't realize wrestling is a martial art. You know, oh, what? Wrestling's not a, it's a high school sport. No, it's a martial art, man. It's like the first. Pe- first. Yeah. Uh, people used to do this to the death, you know? And people forget about that. And um, I think uh, with wrestling, and especially in America, it's such p- generational. It's passed from one generation to another. And, it, it, you know, the families that are into it and the kids are wrestling from the moment they're, you know, they're born and they lear- get to learn their bodies. And I think that's what's important in grappling is to get to learn your body. Because I can teach you something. For you, you know, teach you both something, and you'll both will get the move. You'll get good at it, and you'll get in tournaments. But both of you'll do slightly different because you're built different. You're built different. You're, you know, you got to take the age factor into consideration. This, that, he may have faster twitch muscles than you, but you still get it. I but for you just sure get have slower. faster twitch muscles <laughs> you know, than so, Brian. Come so, on, dude. Come on. You know, you you can't <laughs> you can't cookie cutter teach. You know, you can't cookie cookie cutter teach. And I think too many people do that without realizing they're doing that. You know, so that's how people feel left out of jujitsu. I think, in in Alex's defense, I think it's hard to coach a wrestler at first because we think we fucking know how to fucking <laughs> like how to move. I had to deserve. I had to develop some some patience. Yeah, but I understand. Yeah, you know, I understand because because he may teach something one way, and then we might have an opinion like later on about doing it like a different way, and like. We we have to meld our wrestling into jujitsu because now I can tell you the first six months I fucking wrestled mm-hmm. like and 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 uh, and I didn't I didn't really do a lot of jujitsu and I he kept me a, as a white belt for about a year right yeah a year, year yeah so year yeah like 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 something like that before he he uh, he uh, passed around even today like I like I think I'm a wrestler that knows jujitsu because mm-hmm. I fall back on a lot of my wrestling especially when and I get those are this. dangerous look at UFC UFC is a prime yeah. example. You know, the wrestlers that know a little bit of anti-jujitsu, yeah. they hang in with a couple of punches, too. But, you know. Yeah. It, 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 it's tough that way. Yeah, so, it is. It is. So then, like, um, I don't know when the fuck I decided to compete. You know, but at the end of the day, I think all grappling is going to be 
combined and they're just going to call it jiu-jitsu or there's just going to be called grappling. Yeah. It'd be nice to see some form of grappling, a submission grappling in the Olympics. I would love that. It'd be super you cool know? to watch. And you'll get people from all disciplines that know the rules. It's no different than folk style and freestyle, right? Yeah. Now you're getting grappling Olympic rules, right? Where, you right. know, I just hope they don't order it down. Like, like they yeah. do with every fighting art in like the Olympics. Like judo or something yeah, else. Like, like, because judo used to be like a lot more. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I would, aggressive, I, yeah, more takedowns. Uh, yeah. They used to do takedowns from the waist down. But then wrestlers like, came in, they fucking yeah. changed all that. Started taking away. <laughs> and I think even Sambo might have changed some of its rules too. Right. I don't know much about that. For that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then I think I got about, I don't know really why, I, I I don't even know why I, I decided to compete. And then the first tournament that I ever decided to compete in was, would you call that the second largest tournament like in the world? Pan Am's? Pan Am's? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pan Am's is like the second largest tournament. Like, I'm like, that's what I'm going to start. I'm going to fucking go right into Pan Am's. Like, right out, like, right, I right at the gate. I was like, all right, we'll go. Yeah. I was like, we'll go. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what's up. Well, my thought was if I can go to the bigger stage and see how it is. Yeah. And then, like, okay, kind of go from there. And I, I went, we trained hard, but I don't think I trained the smartest. Um, because my main training partner, Jake, who's, who's been on here too, Jake was going and it was my first tournament. And when I walked through that door, um, in Florida to do it, yeah, that was, that was December 20, 2020. God, you remember these? Yeah. yeah. December 2020 was, was when they had pants. Cause it was all fucked up from COVID. Yeah, remember? Yeah. Or That's when we got COVID. Yeah, no, that was world. So I think it was October. It was October yeah, it was or like September, October. Yeah, of, everything uh, was messed up because of COVID. So like, yeah, all the tournaments were switched to Florida and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, of like 2020. So then I, I go in that tournament. I figured I would do okay. Like I didn't think I was gonna go out there and get my fucking ass handed to me. Um, and uh, and I fight that first match, win that first match, end up submitting that guy. And I remember Alex telling me, he's like, you know what? You're actually coachable. You actually listen. <laughs> like, what, the fuck, what do you mean? Yeah, of course I'm gonna fucking listen. <laughs> and then the second match, I didn't. Know, I the dude was a seasoned competitor from what it seemed like, mm-hmm. and because he kept me from scoring on Is that him. the turtle guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like he I, he looked like a turtle too. Looked like a turtle, strong and stuff like that. Looked like a turtle too. And like he's the guy that scored a couple points and just stalled the whole thing out. And I ended up losing that match. And like like the tough thing in IBJJF stuff is once you lose one match, it's fucking over. Thanks for playing. Like, like yeah. your day's gone. And I just watched. I had just watched Jake fucking lose. Remember, he he got triangle in the first, first thirty round. seconds of that match. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, yeah. Yeah. I'm not fucking losing my first match. There's no <laughs> way. So then I came back, and then I competed in a couple more tournaments, like local tournaments, whatever. And then my mom died, and then that's kind of when when I started to get real fucking serious about everything. And I think that. Uh, Let's see. We went to American Nationals, right? American Nationals, yeah. American Nationals, Pan Am's, Worlds. Did and you win American Nationals? Yeah, I, I remember I double golded there. Was that last year or this year? That was last year. That was all 2021 because okay. that w- because that was in the summer. But so like that was the last IBJJF tournament you did for the year. Worlds was. Worlds. Okay. Worlds was. So because it was American Nationals. Well, it was American Nationals, Phoenix Open, and then Pans, No Gi Worlds, and then Gi Worlds. So I, I won all five five of those. I double gold at, at nationals, but the like like the big deal for me was like Alex knew how close um, I was to my mom, and I and I he's actually I think he, you and Alicia and Jake were the only ones that 
that I really told. I'm like, this is fucking this season's for her. The whole fucking thing. Like, like I'm gonna run the fucking table for you know f- for her and and a- as a tribute to her. And uh, and Alex bought right into it, and like that's like that's kind of one of the things that, that he's the kind of coach that he is. I've seen him do it with other guys too. Like, whatever's important to you is important to him, and he'll fucking fly all over the country with you. He'll fucking coach you. And I remember when I went to Pans, um, he, him, and Alicia hadn't been on vacation in how long? Oh god, um, where were we even on vacation? Was yeah, you guys are in Montana. Cause you went to drive Junior oh, back yeah, to school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't really vacation. It was, it was, yeah, it was driving to kids' uh, car. It was to school. But you guys ended up going to Montana and yeah, yeah. We like stopped that. a couple of times. But but they hadn't gone yeah. somewhere with each other for a long time, and I had mm-hmm. fucked my knee up um, right after the Phoenix Open. He told me he wasn't going to do it. Well, because I knew that if I fucking told him I was going, he was going to drop all his fucking well, shit. Well, I was, I was already looking at tickets, it. man. And I was telling Alicia, look, if I get back this <laughs> yeah. day, I could fly over. Yeah. And I'm like, God, would it be too much? You know? So. Or after I told him, I said, I, I didn't tell him. I think I was, Pans was on a Friday. I don't think I fucking told him till like the weekend before. Because I knew he'd change, try and change his flight, try and fly out there and coach me <laughs> and, 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 and shit like that. And I didn't want that, but that's the kind of guy he is. So when I flew out there, um, uh, he was—he was actually. I think you were a little pissed off. Uh, yeah, mine screwed me a little bit because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I felt guilty not being there. Yeah, because he knew what it was about, and I'm like, it's gonna be fine, man. I, I promise. And he ended up—it actually ended up working out. Yeah, pretty I, well. I started calling like everybody I knew that was over there to be in his corner, but I, I got—that's where I got the man himself. In his yeah, corner. Carlson Jr. actually coached <laughs> me through that whole tournament. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, dude, it was fucking like. You know, next to having Alex there, it was the fucking coolest thing ever. Like, like you know, for 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 him to 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 be there and coach and and uh, and in uh, in Alex's defense, I didn't listen to Carlson a couple times either. <laughs> he, he, he actually, I think it was in my semifinals match. I was up like seven nine zero something like that, and and he was just telling me to circle and stay away from the guy because there was like a minute left, and like you know, the, I would have won by nine by. Like nine zero, but I I have submitting that dude at like <laughs> last twice, night. Yeah, right? <laughs> or once was out of bounds. So, yeah, so they gave him points for it. They should have called that match. Right. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> and then with nine seconds left, I end up submitting the dude again. I, like right as the clock goes off, I fucking did it. And, and uh, but that was after he told me just to circle. And then I I rewatched the video and I see Carlson fucking jumping up and down. So I'm like, ah, oh, maybe he's okay with the fact I listed him on on, on that one. And we I came back and fucking. I remember I was calling him in between the fight. Hey, what, what, why didn't give him the point? <laughs> I wish I could have seen it too because yeah, because he said uh, Alicia and Alex were both watch because they could watch it live. They're watching it live, so they're fucking <laughs> screaming at the TV <laughs> and shit, stuff like that. Because he does like he'll he'll treat you like he's part of the family, and that's where and like that's I don't think well I know for sure without his help and Alicia's help and Jake's help like last year, like that thing wouldn't have been able to be fucking pulled off because even um, when we went to Texas for Nogi worlds, like it's like, I didn't know how, how like how I was going to do or, or, or like whatever, but Alex is always a coach. And even when here, uh, IBJJF came here for the Phoenix open, like I can, I can lean on those guys when shit isn't good or when I need to fucking be, you know, um, just kind of pushed in the right direction, and 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 I know oftentimes I cannot necessarily be the easiest competitor because I have a way that I like to do things and stuff like that. And Alex and I sometimes differ on, on like bad. like some of those strategies. Not bad, but like in a different way. But I wouldn't have I like I couldn't ask for like a better coach. And even when 
when when when we went to Worlds, um, uh, no, uh, when we went to Gee Worlds in Vegas, um, they have a system where uh, the the head guy basically picks the guys that that he wants to give points to the team throughout that tournament, and uh, and and Alex. Um, um, ha, uh, Carlson had picked me to be on that team to do it, and he's like, "Hey, like I'm gonna have Carlson in your corner to coach." And I'm like, "You know, no offense to Carlson, it was fucking awesome having him at, at Pan Am's, but you're my fucking coach. Like, if there's anyone that that I want there, like it's you. You need to fucking be in my corner coaching me. If Carlson wants to be there too, fuck yeah, I'll take that. Like without even you know fucking batting an eye. But I'm like, you're my coach, and we're gonna finish this motherfucker together because." Um, I didn't really realize what I was doing when I was doing it, you know, kind of one of those things like you have a higher purpose and a bigger calling, you know, that you're trying to go after something. But after, after the season's over, you kind of, you kind of reflect back. And then we did like a couple, um, pictures of stuff with like all the medals and stuff like that. And, and you look back and go, fuck man, like how, how was this fucking even possible? We're good. For, for yeah, stuff. Man. Uh, that was really good, especially coming out. Like that, after all the things, I mean, you had a crazy year last year. Mm-hmm. You know, you had life, new yeah. life, yep. death. I mean, everything. And from a from a coach's standpoint, like, what's it like to go through to watch one of your athletes like kind of go through all that shit? Um, from every coach is different. I can't speak for every coach, but for me, I, I'm drained. You know, by the end of the day, yeah, it's like because I'm very emotional. Like oh, I can yeah. see some coaches just sit there and. And their guys getting killed, and they don't even say a thing. I'm like, my guy's getting killed. You're gonna hear me freaking. <laughs> You're getting fucking screamed at. <laughs> <laughs> giving you every idea I can give you. You know what I mean? But but it's like, um, you know, I'm I'm emotional, so it's like uh, if if you're sad, I'm sadder. If you're happy, I'm ecstatic. You know, it's like, um, so when you have a competition and you have all these kids competing. Especially the kids, man. You got so many emotions with emotions with kids, and then you're dealing with the emotions of the parents. You know, the moms that think their little kids gonna get killed in in <laughs> freaking uh, the Colosseum of Rome. You know, it's like, so it's like you're, so you're dealing with all this kind of stuff, man. And uh, and then after all that, then you got to coach your own kids. You know, yeah. back when they were competing all the time here, and then you're coaching your own kids. Then you got to coach all the adults, and uh, it's a constant adrenaline rush. By, I don't even go to the bathroom. There's there's been tournaments where I forgot to pee. Yeah. Like I, I have. Well, I make peed. sure I feed him food yeah, and water. Like, like I, I, like, hey, I'll go at the this? end of the night and looks like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like big yellow, dark yellow. But uh, yeah, man. And uh, I just feel drained. I mean, I feel like a raisin. Yeah. You know, like just drained, dry. I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't like that feeling. <laughs> no. Well, when you're coaching like some of us at like like at the bigger tournaments, is it is it as bad? At coaching at the bigger tournaments? Yeah, because there's only like three no, or four of us. No, it's not as bad. Out. It's actually yeah. nice because I feel like there's only three or four of us. We get to go do that. We I get some bonding time with you guys. Other than on the mats, you know, we go have dinner together. We laugh. We screw with each other or whatever. And so I think that's fun. I think that builds camaraderie. It builds memories. Um, you know, so I enjoy that part of it too. You know? Yeah. Did you ever think there was a time I wasn't going to pull it off? You know, not not where I said, no, he's not going to do it. No, it, there's always that. I'm always thinking positive. I'm like, okay, he's going to do it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Right. I don't ever think like, oh, man, he's not. I, I don't go, no. Yeah. Uh, that's, no. I wouldn't do that for myself. I wouldn't do that for you. Right. You know, I, I never, 
and styles make matches. That's another thing that bothers me about some of the teens now that are competing. They start looking up their opponents and stuff like that. And, oh, my God, he's so good. He does this. He does that. But and then styles make matches. You see one guy that, that, that looks amazing go against somebody that looks mediocre, and the mediocre guy just destroys the guy that looks amazing right. just because of the different style. So, you know, you, you, you got to adjust, you know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I never thought that you were going to go in there and get killed. Right. Or not, or lose. Right. You know, for that matter. You know? Yeah, there's a couple of times I remember looking over and you look fucking nervous. I'm like, he's like, especially at Worlds, when I fuck my knee up. because I fu- Then, I, yes. I actually sprained my MCL and tore meniscus in my right knee in the very first fucking match. I still had three more fights. To, to, yeah, to I, I was, I was. More nervous for your safety yeah. than anything else because, I, I, you know, if you were to tell me, oh, I'm going to throw it in now, you know, you've done a lot this year. Yeah. You know, you know your body. I'm not in you. Yeah. And for you to say you're going to throw in the towel must be pretty fucked up. Yeah, so, well, I told him after, like, hey, man, this right knee's fucked. I'm like, I'm just letting you know right now. And he's like, afterwards, it was all He's like, I was really fucking worried. He's like, you don't ever bitch about anything. And you yeah. fucking told me that your knee was yeah. fucked. He's like, and no, when we no, looked at that dude. video and we watched that buckle, man, I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it's okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's, you know, a strain and then some tear, you know, torn stuff like that. But athletes get injured. And, like, my, my whole thought was, like, I can deal with the pain of this. I can't deal with the pain of giving up for her. Yeah. So I was like, there's, they're just, you're going to have yeah. to fucking drag me off the fucking mat. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. But yeah, I couldn't ask for a, you know, for a better ending. I don't, I don't wish anyone to go through what I went through to have to pull that off. But yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, you know, like, I'm glad that, that, that we did it. And I, I've thanked you a million times. I can't thank you yeah. enough for that fucking you. everything that you, you and Alicia and Jake and, you know, and that's what we talked about. Like our team's super loyal. You, like you don't find that very often anymore. Um, but you know, like our, our team is willing to do anything for anybody at any time. I feel like most of the time. And, um, like that's one of the cool things about jujitsu. I don't know if, if we've talked about it before, but like it's a self-regulating community. Like you can't come into the gym, be an asshole. Like, cause if you do, you're going to get fucking handled or like you can't come into the gym and like be a dick to a girl cause you're going to get handled. Like, and it's, it's, yeah. and I, and I don't allow drama in my play. I, True. anything you got going on, you leave it out. Um, I don't want to see anybody disrespecting. Like, uh, again, I, and I, I don't hate sounding cliche, but it should be like family. Like, I, I don't like seeing people sitting over there, sitting over there, sitting over there. I'll tell people, hey, are, if you're going to sit, everybody <laughs> on the same wall. Yeah. We're all the same. Because that's, you know, that's how you get clicks. And then people think that, you know, you got people with different backgrounds. You got somebody that might have gone through some dramatic shit that's very, you know, wondering, if, oh, my God, they're talking about my jujitsu because they saw me get armbar. You know, we should all be sitting together. You're a team. You're all sitting together. You're all sitting on the same wall and share information. You know, I, I've seen a lot of that, too. People go other places. They only train with one person and show little details of one person or that person. Show it to everybody. You're, there, you're all there together. The better everybody gets, it's the faster that everybody gets better together, the, the better training partners you're going to have and the, maybe more competitors, you know. Um, I think competition, if, you, if you're doing jiu-jitsu for self-defense, because I know self, uh, jiu-jitsu is marketed in different ways now, you'll go someplace and they'll say, oh, we just do self-defense. Well, if you're doing self-defense, it's really good that you're doing this choreographed stuff, but what are you really doing? I mean, it's nice to know, you know, but what, are you, what about when the guy's really fighting you? You know, you, you got to develop that. You got to learn how to use, um, again, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, you know, um, self-defense isn't fun. I think competition bring is the closest you're going to get to uh, simulating uh, 
a situation where you're going to have to defend yourself, right? Because you got yelling, you got screaming, you got uh, a person you never fought before, essentially, right? Uh, you, you got all kinds of emotions going through you, and now you're, you've got to perform in front of all these people. You know, in a fight, you know, you get that fight or flight syndrome going on. You, you, you get the shit. I mean, I don't know. If you, I'm sure you guys have been in fights, but you get that little shaky feeling like, all right, let's go, let's go. You know, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a similar feeling. I think the feeling you get in competition a little bit, that, that, uh, similar to the feeling of a real fight, but not at the same level. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think for some people, yeah. yeah. But I think some people that have never actually been in a fight, fucking, oh yeah, they go it's gonna all feel just stuff. like it. Yeah. yeah. So like, like mm-hmm. for, for me to go into a tournament, it's like I fucking love that shit, so I like yeah. embrace it. But you still get nervous and yeah. stuff like that. You should because you fucking. That's why I say people that say, "Oh, I just do it for self defense." You should, you should definitely go try a tournament. Yeah. You know what I mean? You see what the other emotional, you know, other feel, other factors are gonna feel like. Well, I can you know? say it now, but like, how, like that's the ultimate testing ground for your skill, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, how do you know if like your shit yeah. works? Yeah. Go fight in a tournament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then that'll yeah. tell you it, it, yeah. if it works or not. Yeah, you could always tell. I mean, guys that compete all the time and are always prepping for tournaments, you know, they're gonna be better. Right. right. It's just the way it is, man. You know. But then you got some people that that are multiple world champions and things like that that can't teach. You know, everybody has a different hat, you know, I mean, I, you know, you got some, I mean, you got, you mentioned John Donner earlier. I mean, he's never competed, never done any of that, but amazing instructor. Yeah. I mean, he's put out some champions, you know, things like that. And then you got guys that, I mean, quite a few guys that are multiple time world champions that got a gym that never put out a world champion Yeah. that they bought up from white belt up for sure. Cause nowadays a lot of people jump around too, you know? So, you know, homegrown champions says a lot. And our school doesn't, like, I don't think we get a lot of that jumping around from... from we get people that come from other places, and then usually people from our place, if they stop, they usually stop. But, you know, right. people got to train where they're happy at. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm never going to be the instructor for everybody. I, and I understand that, you right. know what I mean? But uh, what you see is what you get. And if you have questions, I'll tell you. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not going to sugarcoat or hide anything. No, not that I appreciate yeah, it. Like, I want people to be happy at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? And that's... That's what I appreciate about you. Like, there's no no favorites. Like, I'm gonna get my ass chewed if I'm late sometimes or whatever else. Or if I'm fucking around, like, I'm gonna get my ass chewed like everybody else. And like, that's where you know. Well, it's another thing is I tell people, you know, as long as you're here. Some people say, oh, I'm gonna be a little late. As long as you're here, you know. Now you have some people, you know, that'll perceive. Oh, why is this person always late? And you hear me say in class. Oh yeah. Oh man, I appreciate these guys are getting off shift, driving cross town, and blah yeah. blah blah. Because I remember when I was coming up in jujitsu, instead of being happy for people getting promoted, people would say shit on the sidelines. Yeah. I've never heard people talk shit about. Maybe they have. I don't know, but I've never heard it or never got to meet people talking crap about people who gotten promoted. Um, at other places, I I have, and they're saying, "Oh, he's never here." Blah blah blah. But what they don't realize, they come. This guy comes once a night. But is here every day in the morning. Yeah. Uh, in the for, in that person's mind, he only sees this guy once a night, and he's getting uh, promoted before him. No, this guy's here every freaking morning and comes only Wednesday nights. Yeah. You know. So oh, I didn't know that. I had to actually say that to somebody one time. Mind your own business. Worry about your journey. Don't worry about somebody else's. And that's the thing too that I think that people don't realize is like like Alex's ex- Alex's expectation for me and what I'm doing is. Is going to be completely not completely, but can be different for, uh, for other people. So Standards. like, whatever, like he knows my potential, mm-hmm. so he's going to 
make sure that I'm judged off that potential, mm-hmm. not just like right. next to somebody else that maybe yeah. never wrestled or like yeah. you know has never been in a fight stuff like that. Yeah. So. And, and that's another thing. Like you see, there's no curriculum for grading in jiu-jitsu right you go to different schools people are at different levels promoted to different belts and things like that and some people i mean even by attendance which you know to each his own some people promote that way but um for me um i look at not putting myself above anybody because you know i'm just a man but i look at students almost like you're there you got to look at them almost as your kids even though you know because do you have the same standards for your kids Right. Every kid, every child or every person or even your employees. Right. Um, but you can have uh, or athletes. Right. You you cannot have the same standards for everybody. Am I going to expect you who just came back from Afghanistan with one leg to be able to throw up triangles like him? Just because you can't throw up a triangle like him because you're missing a freaking leg doesn't mean I'm not going to get you a blue belt. Right. I'm going to I'm going to focus on your other attributes and hold you to those standards oh he doesn't have a leg but hell he has those great chokes but i want him to get that choke on everybody before i give him a blue belt you know so i set little templates little goals personal goals in my head for everybody if somebody's super good but barely puts in the work you know i'm just gonna tell him hey man you need to come a little bit more and be a little bit more technical and and then you'll get promoted i don't care if you're a natural athlete you know what i mean so all that shit gets exposed later you may not get exposed now but uh, you may get exposed if you're a competitor when you're a brown belt or a black belt, and then you got to play catch up because you never figured out you got to turn your pinky this way for that choke or or put your thumb that way when you armbar. You know what I mean? So uh, everything catches up to you. Yeah, Alex is known for not giving belts away, which is good because it doesn't kind of water down the sport. Like even after I won last year, <laughs> the man himself's like. Uh, you gonna promote him? No, he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm gonna go back and think about it and analyze <laughs> some shit, or whatever. And, and, and the man himself told him, "You're fucking worse than my dad," because <laughs> his dad was also known for, you know, not not, not promotion. yeah, huh? Is he no, no, he's he's he he, he passed when? Uh, 2008. Yeah. Or, set, or no, 2000. No. Holy crap, in the 2002 or three, something like that. Yeah, he was a fucking hard man. Right. Hard man, but... but 2006, yeah. because... Junior, 17, 19, 20, 20. Yeah, because then Junior did a tournament on his 10-year anniversary is when Junior did a... Okay, we did a tournament. He went to Masters Worlds, and it was like the first time he's fought like in 20 years. I'm Holy shit. Yeah, it was like a big thing. That was a great time to be in his corner. I bet. The whole team just what screaming. Murdering oh, everybody. Awesome. Yeah, they. Uh, I had competitors that I fought from like across the like the country, and even <laughs> one dude from Canada. Like they're like, "Did your coach fucking promote you yet?" Because I'm signing up for Pan Am. <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know, dude. You gotta ask him. <laughs> Go from there." But I'd rather have it be that way because when when I walk into another gym to train or something like that, it's like they know that I'm fucking like I'm bringing the real shit with me. I'm not. It's not. It's not just some fake ass stuff. So, but. But yeah, man, how how long are we? Two and a half hours already? Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, two ten. No, I think I think this is a good point to to yeah. kind of wrap it up. Alex, you got anything more you want to say or? No, man. Thank you for the privilege of um, you know, uh, allowing me, you know, because you could have picked 
to anybody. Arizona has like a lot of great instructors and stuff like that. But thank you for the privilege and the honor to to, to take me along for your yeah. personal ride. Shit, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Like like thank I you. told you before, I'm not. This is my team, and I'll die with this team, and, yeah. and that's it. We're fucking. It definitely fits my style and my personality. Well, <laughs> for I, sure. I, I just feel instructors need to be thankful back to the people that that uh, go out there and represent and teach and just you know. And spread the art, you know, and do it the right way and teach people the right way and bring them up. You know, uh, don't forget, don't ever forget the white belts that walk in. You might be yeah. teaching the next world champion, you know, so. So if you're in the East Valley, Carlson Gracie team and Gilbert and Lindsay and Warner, they have morning classes, night classes, kids classes. Uh, we train on the weekends. We do all that kind of stuff, too. And Alex, usually, what do you do, like a couple weeks free? People can try it out. Yeah, just make sure they're comfortable. See uh, no pressure. Yeah, for sure. That, that is no pressure, for sure. And uh, Come check it out. We, we'd love to have any of you guys come in there. If you're a public safety dude, cop, fireman, whatever, border veterans. patrol, something like that. Yeah, veterans. Like That's most of our gym, I think. is, is Not most of our gym, but a large large number of people Big are public safety too. and, and, and ex-military guys. So um, just like always, you can listen to this podcast anywhere you can find a good podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. <laughs>